Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phones are open, and as always, you can join us. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You're in the studio tonight. It's Ian. Jay. And Joa. And so there's a story that popped into the news a little while ago, and I didn't give it the attention that it deserved. Honestly, it's just one of, you know, there's so many different police abuse stories, so many different police raid uh, stories. It's happened here in our studio. It can happen to you. It happened to Afro Man. And that's the story that has now come back around. Uh, it's back in the news because the police who raided Afro Man's home, this guy that sang Because I Got High many years ago, it's kind right, of one of, his, right. one of his big hits, uh, they came after him in his home, they raided his house, and they ultimately did not arrest him for anything, because I guess, surprisingly, he didn't have any weed, apparently, in his uh, in his house. They also were coming after him for a supposed kidnapping. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. When did his raid happen? Uh, that is a good question. It's I feel like it was within the last few years. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I remember this year. I remember hearing about a couple weeks ago. I heard about the uh, you know the fat cop and the and the pound cake, but I didn't know that was really. I had no idea it was had anything to do with Afro Man. Last year, apparently, it was when the the raid happened uh, in Adams County, Ohio, where apparently Joseph Foreman, aka Afro Man, lives, and he was inspired by the raid to create some new songs. And he did that, and one of them is called Lemon Pound Cake. And here's a little bit of the uh, the tune. Inspired by one particularly overweight, if not fat, The Adams sheriff. County Sheriff kicked down my door. Then I heard the glass break. <laughs> that sounds familiar. They found no kidnapping victims, just some lemon pound cake. <laughs> Mama's lemon pound cake. And the footage here has got this fat cop so nice. in the kitchen of his house. Totally mesmerized by the cake. Now... We don't see footage of him actually eating the lemon lemon pound cake, but he's definitely distracted by it. He's looking at it more than once while he's got his gun out. He's a family guy. Lemon pound cake. Because he got hot. Lemon pound cake. Pound cake. There's another video that that, uh, that he created. Uh, let's see. What's the other one called? Will you help me fix my door? Sorry. Will you help me repair my door? Which is a much longer six plus minute long song where he kind of goes over a lot of the footage uh, from the raid showing police looking behind couches, going through closets, actually pulling out his suits and checking the pockets in the suits. And, and some of the lyrics are like, "Were you? did you find any kidnapping victims in the pockets of my suits? Did you find a thousand pounds of weed? Uh, so I think you said a million pounds a week, yeah, right? <laughs> something like that. And it turns out they didn't find anything, and they had to uh, give him his money back that they stole in the raid. We'll tell you a little bit more about this, but uh, it's a ridiculous story that has now gone even more insane because sheriff's deputies from the Adams County Sheriff's Department have now sued Afro Man. Well, these are. Uh, technically, by definition, irresponsible people. Anyone who has qualified immunity 
is by definition irresponsible because they are they have, cannot be held responsible cannot be held responsible yeah so <laughs> and, and when you have irresponsible people for decades now and generations in these industrial industries like the criminal just justice industrial mm-hmm. complex like in dcyf where you know these social workers for example who literally take kids from families and give them to known pedophiles and other people who you know do unspeakable speakable thing to children that's because they are literally irresponsible and every time they get sued uh the people suing them in order to collect the several million dollar payout that they get for the damage done to their children uh they gotta basically sign a letter saying that yeah the state is not responsible and no one is responsible that works in the state, and all because they get paid money. Speaking well, of kids, uh, he apparently has kids. Yeah. And one of the lines in the other song, uh, Will You Help Me Repair My Door, is asking our, you know, what about his kids? You know, did they really have to go through this trauma, you know, the trauma of having glass broken, having doors kicked in, uh, bashed in inside their homes? I mean, just imagine what that's like. Uh, to go through as uh, as a small child, that's got to be just absolutely awful. In that video, the way that uh, that door blew off the, the hinges, like mm-hmm. big heavy door, yep. like could have hurt somebody. If my eighteen month old was playing by the door, could that could kill him? Mm-hmm. It, it might even kill you know a three year old. Might even kill an adult if it hit him right. If they were just there in a correct or in a wrong position. And once again, they would not be held responsible for it. They would say, hey, we're just doing our job. Not our fault that your kid was behind the door. And it's probably a judge signing off on this, and Mm -hmm. then these officers, sheriffs, whatever, are just following orders, and they're like, well, we didn't know. We just thought it was legitimate. Well, it's like I feel like officers now need to know what they're getting into because, I, you know, forget qualified immunity. Let's just get rid of that Mm -hmm. entirely. But, like, you know, cops, individuals, doesn't matter if you're a cop or not, individuals should make these choices on their own, you know, merit and not because someone told them to do it. Do you always just blindly believe everything that's told to you? Apparently, yes. <laughs> when a judge tells it, they get a lot of zombies that just do what the judge says, no matter what. They have no moral concept about anything. So now seven members of the Adams County Sheriff's Office who raided Joseph Foreman, a.k.a. Afro Man's home, are now suing Afro Man claiming, among other things, that he invaded their privacy. They, who went into his home... Oh, the irony. ...to take his things from him and potentially arrest him for some nonsense, victimless crime, which they actually did not end up doing, thankfully, but uh, they just gave him his stuff back, figured that was going to be the end of it. Well, Afro Man made some music videos, and he had surveillance cameras in his home capturing what was going on there, and he used that footage in a music video. And now they're saying that he owes them. Four deputies, two sergeants, and a detective are claiming that Afro Man took footage of their faces obtained during the raid and used it in music videos and social media posts without their consent which is a, a misdemeanor <laughs> violation, they claim, under Ohio Revised Code. They're also suing him civilly, saying Foreman's use of their faces, i.e. personas in the videos and social media posts, resulted in their, quote, emotional distress, embarrassment, ridicule, loss of reputation, and humiliation. Thank God. Well, All of that just because they're doing their job. There's several uh, points to comment on that. First off, <clears throat> so... I know I've been charged with wiretapping for videotaping and recording uh, the the police, and uh, you Were probably you? have. Oh yes, in Massachusetts. Oh wow, uh, three or four times, huh. and it wasn't video; it was all audio, actually. 
Um, Massachusetts, uh, they used to be one of the bad states, didn't they? <clears throat> yeah. Wiretapping. And and then uh, <clears throat> all of them got dismissed. Mm-hmm. And this was all before the Glick decision. But now we have the Glick decision where this guy, uh, Simon Glick, I think is his name. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was an attorney, <clears throat> I think. Okay. So he records these cops and then he uses the recording. Um, he secretly records them. They didn't know until a further date. And then he basically uses his recording as evidence. And they try to go after him for uh, wiretapping. And basically the wiretapping charges, you know, were supposed to be used uh, when like, uh, you know, the mafia was blackmailing you. That's how it, so they totally mis- misapply it because they weren't trying to, he wasn't trying to blackmail anybody. He's just defending mm-hmm. himself and making a record. And <clears throat> the court ruled that public, uh, uh, basically public employees, government employees have no expectation of privacy that's true while doing their job so this is uh basically going to be the same same thing i believe with this uh, is a little different okay. now i'm not i'm not backing the cops i think they're ridiculous i think this is an outrageous lawsuit and i hope it is dismissed uh for lack of standing or whatever the reason it, it ends up getting dismissed but the difference here is that they're going to allege that Afro Man profited okay. from this. Not just that he used the footage, but that he's making money from their footage. And when generally, when somebody takes your image and then uses it to make money, you generally have a basis to file a lawsuit against that person if they did it without your consent. Now, there's some aspects to this that don't always apply to everybody. So, by... In general, if you're a private person and someone takes your footage, any kind of image of your face or video or whatever, and then profits from it, you can possibly get a successful lawsuit and possibly get some money from that person out of it. But if you're a public person, Mm -hmm. then you don't have the same ability to really be able to do that. So, for instance, if you take Donald Trump's uh, face and... You know, make fun of it or whatever. Put it, put silly makeup on him or whatever, and then. And you this make happens money to celebrities and politicians yeah. all the time. Right. There's nothing Trump can do about that because he's a public person. He understands that he's sort of out there, and people can can parody him. People can lampoon him however they want to. They can make fun of him, and that's just one of the things that you kind of understand as you are a public persona. So these cops are going to try to presumably, and they're. I've not read the uh, the lawsuit here, but I'm just going to guess they're going to try to say. They're not public personas, that they're private people, and that therefore this was an illegal use of their Well, I think they're putting their foot in their mouths because what's ended up happening is, oh, so you did this on your private capacity? I'm suing all of you (laughs) for not in the the, uh, realm of public. You were doing this privately to demean me and to break my my stuff. So if this was uh, this argument that these cops aren't um, government agents, that they're not... Uh, bound by the Constitution, that they, you know, have an expectation of privacy, that they're basically private contractors, would definitely stand up in Massachusetts and absolutely Missouri, based on two cases that I've studied. The Massachusetts case, if you want to internet search, uh, Massachusetts State Police are private corporations, Washington Post. There's a a pretty good article from 2014 that explains how Jack Collins, who at the time was the... uh, uh, the the uh, lawyer, he's a was the uh, <clears throat> chief legal guy for the uh, Massachusetts State Chief of Police, and he argued that the Massachusetts State Police are not um, bound by public re- by uh, Massachusetts has a public record request law mm-hmm. MGL four sixty one that they are not bound by that because they are 
um, private charities, private corporations, and the Supreme Court, if you it read this ruling, up, right? oh yeah, the Supreme Court yeah. agreed with them of Massachusetts, agreed that the Massachusetts State Police are made up of X amount, like 52 or 58 law enforcement councils, and these law enforcement councils are registered wow. with the IRS's charities, and they are, they are no different than the American Heart and Lung or the American Cancer Society was the actual words that came out of this Supreme Court, and I agree. Shocking. They're exactly right, because... Basically, what's happening? Anytime you go into court, it, you're not. These aren't courts of law. These aren't Article Three jurisdictions. They are literally intellectual property law enforcing courts. Everybody is somehow wrapped up into their intellectual property, unknowingly, unwillingly. Very few people have any concept of this because when you start talking about the Constitution in a courtroom, I've been told three, three or up. four times you mention the Constitution in front of the Constitution. Doesn't matter in my court. Attempt. One time. I was threatened with contempt in 2003 in a jury trial I had. If I mention the Constitution in front of the jury, the jury's not to hear about the Constitution. I've already decided that the Constitution is not being violated. And if you're using intellectual property, best I can tell, uh, which the intellectual property they're claiming to uh, enforce is the name and date of birth that that you use on your government IDs and stuff like that. So that's why in some court cases I've been bringing up, I've brought up years ago that I'm not using any intellectual property, and uh, and 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 they've gotten dismissed shortly after that. I think a good strategy, uh, whenever you call, uh, you know, public entities, whatever, um, like the police, ask them, "Hey, I'm am I being recorded right now?" Mm, and you always are, and almost you, always. You at, yeah, right. And you ask them that, and they go, "Yes, you are." And then I'll be like, "Okay, great. I'm recording you as well." Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do, and if they they just shut off the they, they hang up the phone on you, well, it's, you know they they're not providing a service, but um, you know they, you just kind of catch them, you know. Yeah, so uh, we do need to have more cases coming out where the people calling themselves government, acting like government, uh, are start saying we're not government, we're private corporations, and the courts start backing them up. Because this is one of the things that will really infuriate the public that, you know, I'm being forced by gunpoint through taxation to pay for you guys, but yet you don't have to follow any of the rules that were basically set up in the Constitution. Now, I've yet to hear anything like that happening in New Hampshire. I know that people have put in records requests with at least local policing organizations. <clears throat> I can't speak to uh, the, the state police, but the local cops, they will respond to those requests from so, what I've seen. actually, I did public record requests with Town of Henniker. Okay, in for, New Hampshire. Okay. Yep, for their bond and indemnification bond yep. uh, for their oaths of offices to um, you know certain uh, entities there, and uh, they responded with this guy doesn't have an oath, but this guy does, and uh, so like the elected people have oaths, the appointed mm-hmm. ones don't. Hmm. Uh, is, is basically uh, what I got back, and but they provided me with their insurance information. Now I did a similar public records request with the uh, New Hampshire DCYF of a social worker and the director. Uh, Joe Rispom and uh, the social workers Melissa Coombs for their oath of office and their indemnification insurance. Mm-hmm. And the letter I got back said state employees aren't required to have an oath of office. Hmm. And uh, there is uh, no insurance because the state has elected to self-insure. And if you have a claim, contact the Division of Risk and Benefit is basically all the letter said. And that hmm. was from one of the chief legal counsel over at uh, Health and Human Services. But yeah, these, and, and even like you start looking, look up the name of your local city or town on dunnandbradstreet.com. It's a, it's a, uh, a corporation credibility uh, uh, reporter, basically. And uh, you will find uh, that 
your local judge, your local town, your your school district, your everything is registered as these corporations, municipal corporations. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I've, I've actually done that, uh, and it's kind of interesting. It's hard to really extrapolate what you can do with that information, but they're really there. Yeah, yeah, they're really there, and they are just municipal corporations, and they mm-hmm. all refer to themselves as governmental agencies. And in the Massachusetts, um, uh, what is it, uh, the construction, um, the statutory construction manual, which I believe is in chapter five of, of their MGL, uh, it does explain in one part that uh, governmental, and, and actually I believe they talk about this in this uh, ACLU versus state police, um, where they claim they're private corporations, uh, that they talk about governmental is, uh, is, is a word with a specific definition. It means similar, you know, it means government. I mean, similar to or like a government, because mm-hmm. the suffix "al" on the end of a word means similar to or like. Mm-hmm. So they don't even call themselves government mm-hmm. in their document. Like you take a lot of these PDF documents of these town and city charters, and you try to search for the word government, it's not even in there. It's always mm-hmm. governmental. Well, mm-hmm. they're also a body politic. Generally, is what they call themselves, and that suggests that everybody's some sort of a member of this group, yep. whether they've consented to it or not. And of course, generally, you shouldn't be a member of something unless you've decided to be a member of that and, and that's exactly how they're like local towns are enforcing uh, code enforcement is they're under the presumption that you're a member of their cult or their religion or their you know political subdivision or mm-hmm. whatever and this is why it's another pu- good public records request a public records request is uh what evidence do you rely on that i am a member of your body politic you know th- that i'm well, wouldn't a, they say well you're registered to vote Maybe they could, mm-hmm. and, and and so where does that? Where do you agree to be a? It doesn't say that on the registration. You know, a body yeah, politic. That's true. You, so that's true. on the voter registration in New Hampshire, it says U.S. citizen, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, resident, yes or no. Resident of town of Henniker, for example. I checked off no on both of those, and they just accepted it. Really? <laughs> yep. But I, but I did get a phone call from a guy at the um, uh, what was it uh. Trying to think what his name. His name is Richard Tracy, and he was like Dick oh. Tracy, yeah. <laughs> Dick Tracy. New Hampshire Attorney General's. Yeah, yes. he, he yeah. runs the election fraud. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. So he called me up, and he's like, he's, "You guys know who he is." Oh, I had yeah, a great conversation both. with him, and he's like, "I gotta go." And I'm, and I'm he doesn't I'm not like to talk to us. I'm not. Oh, done I had a great conversation with him too. <laughs> so I have, he was really, you know, it's on a phone call, and uh, he just calls me up out of the blue, and and I was like, "Oh, I see your voter registration here. I just wanted to confirm that you're like a real person and you're you're alive." And I says, "Well, I'm not a person." You know, a person is his legal entity, and, and uh, he starts laughing. He goes, oh, so are you a human, human being? I says, well, I'm a man. He goes, oh, that's good enough. And uh, <laughs> like, what's this about? And he's like, oh, well, we noticed, you know, your your voter registration card, um, you know, had some uh, abnormal something or w- what other. And mm-hmm. literally as I'm talking to him, like my hands are, you know, covered in grease. I'm working on some machine, and I just, you know, put my phone on speaker, and I just figured I'd talk to the guy. So uh, <clears throat> he... Um, uh, yeah, and so I explained to him, yeah, you know, I'm not a you know 14th Amendment United States citizen, and you know I've rejected all of that stuff, and you know I don't pledge allegiance to the United States. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's great. Uh, and he's kind of like saying he's got to go, and I'm like, well, I'm not done talking with you. <laughs> and so, anyways, I but I, yeah, I I uh, I explained it to him, and the next time I went to register, I went to uh, vote. There, you know, it's all still good. And then you were there, okay. And then when you go to register, you go to uh, sign up for a um, like state representative and pay the two dollars. That's why I did right. that last fall. Doesn't say the word resident on that form anywhere. Mm-hmm. It says domicile, right? And domicile yeah, is a problem. You know, my domicile is on, 
you know, the land known as, you know, Henniker, New Hampshire. It's not within a political subdivision calling mm-hmm. itself town of Henniker or state of New Hampshire. And uh, th- even like in Massachusetts, I got uh, I used to get tickets from state police all the time because I ran the highway a lot. I was back in the hay business. Um, <clears throat> you know, I used to drive. Th- I put it like 100,000 miles a year on my own trucks and uh, my own myself easily. I didn't have a driver's license for years. Still don't have one. And um, so I had a lot of courtroom experience with this, and, I, and these cops would write, "Oh, I observed, you know, Mister Noon on, uh, you a know, Highway ninety one mm-hmm. within the Commonwealth of Massachusetts." Congratulations, you observed it. And, well, the thing is, I, I would object to that and ask them to to explain how I was within Massachusetts and to define within, because within mm-hmm. in in their own statutory construction actually means that you're in the corporation or in the body mm-hmm. politic. So there was uh, never any evidence, and it was like part of us um, to impeach the witness, uh, essentially. Um, yeah, that sounds like some of the stuff uh, Mark Stevens talks about. Yeah, exactly, Mark Stevens type stuff. Just you know, because these guys would they are throw the case lying. out. What would happen with the case? A lot of times they get throw out, uh, mm-hmm. and it would always happen. Like, all right, we're gonna have a recess, and then like the prosecutor would right before the um, it was you know uh, the like the jur- a couple of jury trials I had right before the couple of them. They literally just dismissed it before the jury mm. reconvened. Interesting. Uh, and sometimes, and at one time in Greenfield Court, when I, I put a cop on a stand and, you know, uh, he gave me a traffic citation. So I asked him if I was engaging in a traffic activity. And he said, yes, I was. I asked him to find traffic. And he was like, oh, it's traveling to and from, driving your car. And I said, well, the definition of traffic right here, and we open up a, you know, a law dictionary is buying, selling, or trading. Trafficking alcohol, for example. Mm. Trafficking, you know. Uh, drugs <clears throat> and uh and then we got into the you know within massachusetts describe what within is and how how am i within it what evidence do you have that i'm within this basically a name on a piece of paper in a filing cabinet is all the commonwealth of massachusetts is well they want to confuse people to make you oh, think absolutely. that the land is the commonwealth of massachusetts yes when massive that's just a political trickery. designation yep uh, like, num- oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just going to give the number. The number is 603-283-6160. If you want to comment, you're welcome to join us. Joe, do you want to bring that one to come? Continue? I was going to say, Dick Tracy was trying to you know, put me in a position at the voting polls. I was open carrying and live streaming, and they didn't like either one of those. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was like, well, they gave me the rules. Here, read it, Dick. And uh, he starts waving the rules in my face. You know, oh, he's, he, is a, he is a total douche. There's more coming up here in moments. This the is words Free Dick. Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. If you want to join us here, you can. 
The number 603-283-6160. We started out talking about Afro Man. He is being sued by a whole seven sheriff's deputies, two sergeants, four deputies, and one detective from the Adams County Sheriff's Office in Ohio said they had their feelings hurt by (laughs) Afro Man using them in his videos. Now they want to get lots of money. Lots and lots of money because that's how it's going to solve the fact that they claim that they have, quote, emotional distress, embarrassment, (laughs) ridicule, loss of reputation, and humiliation. We'll continue with that story here. It's absolutely ridiculous, uh, especially if you support freedom of speech. But first, to the phones, it's uh, Ian, Jay, and Joa here in the studio tonight. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? My name's Joa. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hey, did you get catfished by Kate from Battle Report? He's a troll. Okay. That was it. He, he just hung up the phone. That was it. That's all he had. <laughs> That's all he had. I, I'll talk about it. What's he even talking about? Uh, well, uh, Masshole uh, set up a fake account. On, this guy? On Tinder. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. No. Masshole. Uh, and she, uh, she set me up, and I was supposed to meet up with someone else, and it happened to be her. At a bar. Wait, wait, so you know who this person is? I know of her, yeah. She's okay. she's threatened me many, many times. She's one of your haters. She, uh, Yeah. Okay, yeah. so she set up a fake account on Tinder and tried to lure you in? That's correct. Now, okay. it's, now this is really funny. Wait, wait, you got to hear this. So the person that she used, the person, like the uh, pictures the and everything, uh-huh. yeah, the photos, uh, is friends, that, that exact person is friends with your brother. Okay. Oh. And uh, and she actually. So you knew the, you. No, I didn't know her. Oh, okay. okay. I, I thought I was talking to her. Gotcha. But then, so your brother knows who this is, and uh, and by your brother you mean Jay's brothers, just so the audience. Yeah, Jay's understand. brother Josh. Yep. Uh, yeah. and he knew her, the actual girl that uh, was in the pictures mm-hmm. that was faked. Um, and uh, I was hoping Josh would uh maybe set me up with the date with the actual person. <laughs> I'll work on it. Okay, right on. That'd be nice. To be she's nice actually thing. she's actually married, so it's oh, the, okay, it maybe work. that won't happen. Nah, yeah. Too bad. But what what happened in this whole incident? Yeah. Okay, when I was in the in the bar, uh, I pulled my camera out for safety and all that. Okay. She's pulling. So her, she's, you you talked to somebody on t- uh, t- Tinder. Tinder, yes. You correct. set up a date with a fake person. You went to the to show up, and yeah. you're waiting for this other person That's to right. arrive. Okay, and it. it wasn't just her there. So she had some of her bootlicking cop buddies there oh boy. that threatened to kill me in the parking lot on the way out. So Whoa. yeah, hey, hey, troll caller, just to let you know, what she did was a felony. Now these are actual cops who threaten you or people who uh, love the cops? I believe it was a cop. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I have cop mm-hmm. dar and it seemed like there was a cop. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they were threatening to bash my head in the parking lot. Wow. Because was I was in- calling her out for being a bad person, and she mm-hmm. is. She's a horrible person. Was she there? She abuses her children. I'm going to say that on national radio right now. She abuses her children. And this yeah. girl goes by Masshole? Masshole. Kate Peters. Okay. Okay. Yes. Got it. Look her up. Oh, she's disgusting. She's a horrible, horrible, disgusting wow. person. All right. Let's continue yeah. here with Rob on the line in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Hey, so... Um, uh. I've been watching some of the videos on YouTube with Footloose and and Joa, yep, and I gotta right tell you, I'm, it's it's fascinating to see where we're at with this level when it comes to filming the courts. I mean, I've been listening to Free Talk Live for a long time, and I remember seeing 
you know, like some of the videos with Odemo when he filmed the judge and then the judge opened up the door and told the bailiff, hey, arrest this guy. Mm -hmm. He threatened me. Yep. You know? It, it, he lied. Where, the judge lied, yeah, uh, lied. that Adamo exactly. had threatened him. Yep, and had him arrested and charged with a felony, which ultimately was dropped after some number of days that he sat in jail. Exactly, and it, it, it's taken a long time to get to this point, but it seems now that you guys have been able to get into the Supreme Court now and, well, and film. Well, the the law uh, changed. The Supreme Court changed the law, and I think it was uh, 2011 or 2010. Uh, right. And the the rule change was is uh, Rule 78 saying that we have the right to record in court as long as we give proper notification. And it says you have to give it 30 minutes prior to Ridiculous. whatever. Yeah, it's stupid. And you know what my notification is? My camera is upright and it's filming. Mm-hmm. That's my notification. I don't have to fill out a form. And it's funny because when we go to court, uh, specifically Footloose's recently, the judge goes, uh, I see that we have uh, a couple forms here people have filled out to uh, to record in court. Well, you wrote anonymous. Uh, I can't accept that. And it's like, I don't have to give you my name. I don't even have to fill out your damn form. No, you really don't. I could just write it on toilet paper and submit it, and it's just like that would be enough. Or I can verbally say it. I don't even have to say, uh, you know, what if I can't write? I think it's all total BS, and I'm yeah. so glad to see you pushing back against this, Joe. Uh, unfortunately, being on bail oh. conditions, I'm not in much of a place to uh, to do it myself. But uh, sure. but I do appreciate your uh, your efforts on that because you've managed to back these judges down, I think, on multiple oh, yeah. occasions yeah, yeah. now where you just stand your ground and say, look, I'm recording this. It's my right to record. And then the judge just says, Okay, uh, well, I guess I'm going to make an exception here. And, yeah, uh, an exception. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or okay, it's so like, I'll, I'll give you permission mean... this time. Yeah. No, you don't give me permission. You that can't you don't object. Ask permission, yeah. You can't reject this. This is not rejectable. Anyways. Okay, ahead, so does that mean now you can go into any courtroom now in, in the state now and do this? Pretty much. Well, we can't give you legal advice at this uh, well, right, at, any, at any juncture, but if you're willing to put your you know freedom where your mouth is so to speak then you can try what joa has has successfully done and it's not just joa there's other people that have yeah. come to these uh yeah. these hearings who have stood their ground and been able to record and more importantly outside of the courtroom because historically recording in the court has been relatively easy in it's more new hampshire but when you go outside of the courtroom, a lot of these bailiffs like to throw around this standing order from the Supreme Court that says that no matter what, you cannot record outside of the that. court. There's nothing that says that. Well, I've seen it. I don't know where it is right I now, but they that. used to have it posted yeah. at, uh, at the Keene District Court. Well, you're, but, you might be talking about an administrative order. Now, administrative orders are not orders for us. That's for the administration. Mm-hmm. That's how I interpret it. It's mm-hmm. like I am not part of the administration. That's a good point. Just like um, at uh, Concord District Court, there's a there's a sign that's posted in there. If you walk in when you get upstairs and you're like just going to the hallway oh. after the stairs... There's a sign that says, oh, they're citing Rule 78 in the damn thing. And then it says, you know, that they're perverting the whole Rule 78. And it says, oh, you can't record and da-da-da-da-da without permission and all this stuff. And it's like they're twisted the actual Supreme Court ruling on the order. Basically, Um, what happened was here in Keene, I believe it was 2011. This was, you know, during the height of Derek J's victimless crime spree where there were so many people getting arrested for civil disobedience and constantly there were excuses to go to court yeah uh, and recording was going on the judge of that court issued an order that the supreme court ended up uh sort of p- 
picking up for the entire state. So it was actually the keen activism that spurred this. But that order specifically said, and it may have been an administrative order, as you pointed out, but that order did say that there shall be no recording uh, outside of the court, meaning that in the hallways, out by the clerk's office, they try to forbid and they will threaten and threaten. But what you proved, Joa, and you've done it multiple times now, and, and so has Footloose, by the way, both of you guys. Outside of that court in Concord, mm-hmm. uh, the head thug from they the security, yeah. Peter Hamilton, I believe is his name, the head head thug uh, boss comes out and he'll get up in your face and he'll threaten and he'll threaten, but he never actually arrests anyone right. for recording. He'll tell yeah. you to leave the premises, but the actual act of of putting somebody in handcuffs, charging them with contempt or anything like that. I've never actually seen it happen over all these years of the, the handful well, of people who violated that. Really? I have. And this was, and I wish other people were there for my arraignment uh, for the Goffstown, the Bolog incident, mm. is that when I went in there, I was live streaming and the uh, wa- uh, a private prosecutor or a private uh, defense attorney mm-hmm. he insulted uh, he, you. Yeah, he insulted me, called me a-hole. And then the next thing you know, I have sheriffs coming up and talking to me. And then I have a, a, a court officer say, lying to the sheriff saying, oh, I told him to shut it off. I'm like, no, you never told me to shut it off. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? And then the sheriffs threatened arrest, wow. which I really should have taken the arrest because mm. they're going to bring me into court no matter what. I wasn't going to miss my court date, you know, my court time. Um, and uh, yeah, they they were wrong. They handed me the rules. They handed me rule 78. I read it. I'm like, did you guys read it? Because I'm not violating it. Mm. And, you know, so they um, they just wouldn't let me turn it back on. I, I turned it back on with that. They left and then went to court and recorded. So you, you were convinced that they were going to actually arrest you in yes. that Yeah. Case. Oh, no, no. Okay. They threatened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, shut it off or you're under arrest. Mm. So. Hey, so can you tell me, Joel, why the public is not allowed to attend any of the hearings that these officers have with the lorry list uh, uh, tra- uh, hearings. Well, I, I would, How come the public can't go? Their their excuse on that would be... The lorry oh, list, by the way, is yeah. a list of corrupt cops, cops that have had issues that have been kept... It's been kept secret for many years, Lyra and they reports. finally released part of it. Uh, they released, I think, all of it, and then they redacted it after they released it, and there's like a, a fight over what should and shouldn't be on the list. Now, so. there's a way you can reveal... Let me, let me just do some background on this. Is that there's a way you can reveal who's on the lorry list, and that's is, that is when you get a cop on the stand, you just ask them, are mm. you on the lorry list? They that's have to say it. They have to admit that. Um, Good point. Which you is really prob- funny. Right, but What's I mean, that? you can't attend the hearing, so the public can't? Okay, so their their argument for the reason why you can't is that this is a... Uh, it's a know, staffing issue. It's staffing, employment. Mm-hmm. This is private employment information and all that. It, just like BS. I was talking before with um, you know these, these governmental agencies claiming to be private corporations, uh, the other um, example of this was uh, a... Um, the uh, the acronym is ATF. I believe it was American Teachers Federation, and this is I believe out of Missouri or Oklahoma. And a parent, a concerned parent, did a Freedom of Inf- Information Act request for the curriculum they were teaching the kid because mm. the kid, you know, the, the second graders coming home and being talking about wanting to turn into a girl, and mm. you know, um, we're pre- I'm so sad that that I'm white because I'm oppressing my black friends. So the mom's like, "What the heck?" So she does this. Uh, Freedom of Information Act request, and they deny it for the same exact reasons that they're a private pri- teachers. The union. teachers union is a private corporation, mm-hmm. and they have um, they don't have to comply with this stuff. And it's the same exact thing with the um, police unions. They're all um, 
private corporations. It's so twisted, isn't it? So I wonder if you could do a, a, what would be really good to bring this stuff to light is the public records request or in New Hampshire. It's a 91A mm-hmm. right to know request uh, for uh, if officer so-and-so is on the Lori's list and to please submit the um, you know the particulars of why he's on or the reason he's on the Lori's list or, or whatever. Yeah. But all of that stuff should be public information. But what it does is it further insulates... And it may, uh, this irrespons- this this uh, cult of irresponsibility is basically what the state employees have become uh, at all levels. Sure. I certainly don't trust yep. the state with this list either. So oh, hell no, they're trying to protect their own. This is like, and, and that's great idea is that we could like contact every single department and ask them if these officers, every officer is on the lawyer list, right? So that way we can really get the defining uh, information. Of well, if there's one person yeah, that I'm be that hard. Hard. You know, hold up, Rob, go ahead. I said, if there was one person I would like to know who's on that lorry list is James F. McLaughlin. I would certainly like to know that. I thought you already knew that he was on that list. This is the well, guy that. Yeah, but I mean, I got a partial of it, but I would like all of it. You mm-hmm. know, his personnel records and everything. So you should do a right to know request for, for all of these records. And then when they say no. You know, hopefully you're you're you find someone who's prepared to go forward to appeal the request and then to sue them. And the answer you're going to get is, oh, we're private corporations. And the more answers that we can mm. get from these governmental agencies that are claiming to be private or uh, corporations, which I think is the best answer that we can get. Okay, you're a private corporation. How am I a slave to you? Mm-hmm. Where, where did you get jurisdiction to, you know, uh, force me to whatever, pull over on the side of the road, anything? Uh, mm. I was yeah. talking to someone the other day, and it's just like come up many times in like years, but we need to have a a place like a website where we can look up any cop um, and see what kind of record they have. Mm. And it's all mm. going to be user submitted. So, you know, whenever you go to court and like, you know, this is what the cop said and the Lord lied on the stand, da, 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 you can just like do your own Yelp review on a cop. Uh, you know, great. They yeah. actually had, uh, what was it called? Rate my cop or something like that. There was, yeah. there was, may still exist a website where you could do that, where you could leave reviews for cops, you know, yeah. whether they were bad or decent. I, I or used whatever. to have two Facebook pages. One was uh, praise a cop. The other one was report a cop. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was I bet very, one was way more busy than it, the other. Yeah, I was gonna say it was very rare to get a praise a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, uh, anything else? No, I said thank you guys. Thanks for the thank call, you. To my man. One other thing that I think could help in these situations is to actually have some state reps maybe take up the uh, the issue of the 91A, which again, yeah. as you pointed out, is the Freedom of Information Act here in New Hampshire. It's probably going to be hard to get through at this point in time, but it would be worth, I think, putting it forward to make it so nothing is exempt. I agree. Why should there be exemptions to the Freedom of Information Act? Oh, well, just because he's an employee and so therefore employee uh, relationship matters are somehow private. They're supposed to be the people's employees. Now, we all know that's bunk and that's BS, but at the very least, they, you know, we should be able to force them into that through the through the system and make it so we can find out what their home addresses are and what their you know salaries are and all of the the issues. Well, you, you know that the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Pigs, no offense to pigs, is that they would ease they would spend millions of dollars oh, yeah, to, they're to, be against that. to campaign against this. Every teachers union, every union of government bureaucrats, there would be a huge opposition to it. So it would be very very difficult yeah. to get it through. But it should at least. I think be proposed where everything is subject. Any government record is subject to freedom of information. There should be no secrets. I feel like Matt 
Matt Santana Santos would probably do it. He might very well. Yeah. What What would be really cool about you know pushing some kind of legislation to like you know get all these exemptions from uh, the uh, public records request or the right to know request uh, is anyone who was against it. Um, how come uh, you don't want open and transparent government? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're uh, you're against transparency if you're you know uh, right. against this. Uh, it's right there in the New Hampshire Constitution, by the way. I believe it's Article Eight that says that go- government of right should be open and accountable. Well, clearly, if your government is not open and accountable, then that means it is not a government of right. It is right. a government yeah. of wrong uh, <laughs> by that by that point, and that's what we have today. So, like, the whole idea of 91A is completely should be unnecessary. It's yeah. right there in the Constitution. It's either open or it's not, and it should I be agree. open. Yep. Uh, let's continue with Ricky in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, Brother Ian, Brother Jay, Brother Joe. Yes, hey. Well, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the criminal cases uh, involving Donald J. Trump. I'm not going to talk about the civil ones. because How do you know anything there. about them right now? They haven't been released yet, as I understand it. No, nah, there's tons to know about it. And at this point, I'm going to throw it at you. And you can pretty much see what's going to happen as a result. And then I'll give you my overview on it. The first one already is done. And that was the one with Alan Weisselberg, the CFO, who turned state witness in New York. And that was multiple instances of fraud. And what happened is he spilled his guts. Donald J. Trump ended up paying a $1.7 million fine. And Weisselberg got five months in Rikers, but he's due out for good behavior in April. And, of course, what's left of Trump's credit's ruined. Okay, now on to the next one. I don't know anything about that story. Well, that's done. Now, here's the more interesting one. This is uh, the one with the the Department of Justice. Now, what's interesting about this one is this is the Mar-a-Lago case. Now, there was an interesting twist. This is where the documents, this is where they went and they raided his house looking for documents? Yeah, I knew this was going to come into play last year. See, what happened is when they went for the first raid, Evan Cochran, who was the lawyer, after they got this stuff, had drafted a document who Christina Bob, who's a Fox News lawyer, signed that there was no more documents. Well, there was 100 more documents. Plus, there's evidence when they subpoenaed the cameras that the stuff was moved around. So that's an obstruction of justice uh, case. And even furthermore, what happened is, as a result of yesterday's events, uh, an opi- what happened uh, yesterday? Well, the D.C. court said, uh, put forth that, uh, you know, concerning this with Cochran, that basically Trump lied. Who's Cochran? Co- Evan Cochran about who? this document. Evan I, I'm totally lost here. I don't know who any of these people yeah. are. Bureaucrats Well, it's simple, brother Ian. I mean, just follow me on it. Okay. Just trust me on this. Uh, anyways, what happened was, uh, as a result, it looks like he was lied to by Trump on this matter. Who? Uh, Cochran? Co- Corcoran, yeah. Who the hell is that? The lawyer. He was his lawyer since April. The raid was Trump's in June. lawyer. Okay. You're saying okay. Trump lied to his was, own lawyer about something? Yeah, that's a long history of him. And what happened is uh, a D.C. circuit court said, well, we got to do something about this considering. So then it went to an appeals court within the next day. They had to do it by a deadline, both the defense and the prosecution, their decision. Now the prosecution has available transcripts to phone calls, documents, and things for like that pertaining to this. So Jack Smith, 
has definitely got a case. I have no idea Trump. what you're talking about at this point. I mean, are, are yeah. you guys following Ricky? No, Am I'm I the only one who's lost here. Yeah, I'm not following. I know that Trump was supposed to get arrested, but that was just Trump saying something that. Yeah, really that wasn't... was a pile of crap. I was right on that one. Ian. Yeah, you can't play that card again. But here's the third. Okay, but whoa, whoa, whoa. It was okay. definitely a, an arrestable yeah. offense. It's just that they're not going to go there with it. I'm know? still not clear on yeah. what you're talking about. You said there was some case in D.C. This guy Cochran or Corcoran. Right, right. What happened is he's been his lawyer since April. The raid was in June. Okay. And he drafted a document that they got all the stuff. And uh, Christina Bob, who was another lawyer on the team, signed it and gave it to an FBI agent. Okay. Now, it, the, the D.C. court has come to the conclusion, because they had access to these materials, mm-hmm. that it looks like Cochran, or uh, Corcoran, was lied to Cochran? by Trump. And so Corcoran, you're, just to clarify, you're saying Trump's lawyer said that the FBI got all the documents in their raid, but that wasn't true? Signed it. Signed hmm. the document. But that wasn't true, and you're saying that there might be criminal charges coming because of that? Oh, there definitely was, because as of yesterday... Midnight, uh, the the defense had to put in their appeal, and then the appeal what? prosecution had, because the D.C. court said we got a rush on this because we got a problem with your lawyer because <laughs> it looks like he was lied to by Trump. I'm guessing it's about January sixth, though. But what are they appealing? I'm not clear. There hasn't been a criminal charge yet. Actually, there is the the Mar-a-Lago document. The, you don't the char- generally they don't charge documents. their own documents with uh, with crimes. No, but Jack Smith, the Department of Justice, is. That's the understand. point. All right, I'm completely lost, lost on this, dude. I don't know what you're trying to say. That's all right, Ian. I'm sorry. I thought this. Was You've be lost good. the whole room, dude. Everybody's dead. these guys are looking at their phones. They're not even paying attention. The but, facts were there, but it fell apart, Ian. It's all right. Ian, throw me to the bus. It's okay, here. brother. <laughs> okay, what else you got, Ricky? What's the third thing? Well, the third one is easy. That was the one I mentioned the other night. And this one, he's in deep trouble because that's been going on going for the past two years with a special grand jury. And I will quote, when he called Brad Ratzenberger right after the 2020 uh, mm-hmm. election, the Secretary of State in Georgia, and I'll quote this, He said, all I need to find is 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. If you flip the state, it'll be a a testament, a good, great testament. Okay, so you're suggesting that Trump was asking for, asking the uh, Secretary of State in Georgia to commit election fraud on his behalf? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, you believe that that's going to be a federal charge? Oh, that's a big time federal charge. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, but the funny thing is, these are all timing all at the same time. But they haven't Plus done any of this yet. They haven't cases. actually charged him for any of this. Yeah, but there's the thing is, they're so close on all of these to doing that. Right. It's which one's going to pop first. All right, I guess we'll Plus see. Thank free- you, Ricky, for the call tonight. Let's continue here, caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Dingo. Dingo, you're on the air. Go ahead. I just curious if you guys are horror buffs at all. I just I spent, I don't know, a couple hours looking up the Swirly Tower that's in Carnivals. It's called Helter Skelter. It's where uh, the Beatles got the song and Charles Manson stole it from. I was just wondering if you guys knew anything about that. Yeah, I've known about that. I don't know anything about that. About what? Yeah. A tower? Uh, it's like a Swirly Tower, like a carnival ride that kids used to go down back in the day, and then it, the Beatles made a song about it, and then Charles Manson, you, you, you know, 
use the term as a uh, racial slur or whatever, and then okay. it, it got all dis- disturbed or whatever after that. I thought I thought Manson actually wrote the song first. Was uh, I wrong about that? I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We got more coming up here. Uh, Afro man being sued by seven butthurt sheriff's deputies. There's still more to tell you about that story. I'll look uh, into that. And there's more coming up here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Hour number two is on the way. You can join the show. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program here. The number for you is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online, of course, over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have there for you. They're totally free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Joining you here in the studio tonight, you've got me, Ian. Jay. And Joa. And you can join us online anytime you want. Uh, Just head over to freetalklive.com and you can do that there. We have our own social media platform at social.freetalklive.com. That's where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners as well as some of the hosts of the show. And you'll have more freedom to express yourself there than you would, for instance, on some of those big tech big media platform so head over to social.freetalklive.com as we continue a little bit more from the story here the adams county sheriff's office in ohio raided joseph foreman's home last year he is also known as afro man he's a performance artist he's a musician uh and he took some of the video footage from the raid because he has surveillance cameras both inside and outside of his home uh, and he released that footage in the form of a, what it seems like maybe three music videos, because I found a third one uh, as well, which is in, uh, entitled Why You Disconnecting My Video Camera. <laughs> he also had the uh, the two that we mentioned before, Lemon Pound Cake and Will You Help Me Repair My Door. A little bit more from the story. So what's happening here is just the fact that he was raided and then used the footage in his videos is amusing and, and you know, worthy of discussion enough but now the story has gone i mean it's outrageous of course what they did to him but now it's even more uh outrageous what they're doing to him now which is seven of the officers are suing afro man in a civil case (laughs) saying that they suffered from quote emotional distress embarrassment ridicule loss of reputation and humiliation you know all the things that an individual who gets their home broken into by an armed gang of thugs who then spreads all kinds of lies about you in yeah. you know public media? That's what Afro Man and his family went through, likely. But they don't get to sue the police for those things for doing them to them in the raid. The, and, right. the city of Keene did a sort of similar thing with you guys, uh, the Robin Hood years ago. They had uh, yeah, that's right. Was uh, spent all kind of I don't know what a million dollars trying to sue you or something crazy. God knows how much taxpayer and money they spent on that case. It yeah. went all the way. They appealed it and they kept on losing. They keep on they kept on appealing it right up to the top, from yep. what I understand. And then they lost the Supreme and, Court. 
and one of the things that was um that i they had their butt hurt because somebody was paying uh meters in front of them while they you know preventing yep. them from writing tickets but one of the things that they were said that that was said in there that the uh meter reader was like basically saying that they were just emotionally distressed mm-hmm. good and, claimed and then one of the uh things for the job of being a police officer, including a m- meter reader, was to be able to deal with people that were going to be mad at you and Correct. yelling and screaming at you because you give them tickets. Skin, right? It, and it was basically, yeah, you had to sort of the job description was you had to be somewhat thick skinned. And yes, when people do bad things like you know a gang, organized gang, this government gang, uh, with b- between the judiciary and the cops, and uh, you know. Be- they go raid and destroy someone's house. Yes, their reputation should be tarnished. So the guy who owns a local coffee shop, when those cops walk in, can say, "Get the, get out of my get shop! Out. I don't want yeah. you here." We need to know who the bad actors are. And <clears throat> this, these uh, videos that Afro Man's done—I mean, are, it's public service. Are awesome. Yes, yep. it's a great public service. It's exposing the fraud. And yes, it, their reputations should be damaged because they're they have poor reputations. What they did was embarrassing, people. ridiculous, and it was an absolutely distressing thing on Afro Man's family. So uh, shame on these. these I feel people. like if if any any position doesn't have to be public; it could be private too. If it says, you know, you might get ridiculed. You probably shouldn't take that job. You probably should have a moral obligation not to take it. Yeah, you guys don't have a right to privacy, number one, inside somebody else's home. So that one's going to be out the window. But the difference between this and one of the differences between this and the Robin Hood case was they weren't claiming in the Robin Hood case that we owed them money for whatever damages. Right, right. Uh, they were just saying that, well, they, they did want to get into They ended up coming after us for what they wanted was like lawyer's fees and they wanted... Uh, money, to, <laughs> money to shore up the state's parking fund or the the city's parking fund, and they they ended up getting rejected on all that. But here, the plaintiffs say they're entitled to all of Afroman's profits from the use of or from his use of their personas. That includes, according to the complaint, proceeds from the songs, music videos, live event tickets, as well as the promotion of Foreman's Afroman brand, under which he sells beer, marijuana, T-shirts. And other merchandise. Man, I want to go buy some. They're asking for an injunction to take down all videos and posts containing their personas. Cincinnati attorney Robert Klinger filed the suit in Adams County Common Pleas Court March 13th against Afroman, his recording firm, and a Texas-based media distribution company. Not every law enforcement officer involved in the raid has been named as a plaintiff. So apparently some of them decided they didn't want to take it this far, but seven of them did. Foreman Wednesday posted to Instagram, promising to countersue, quote, for the undeniable damage this had on my clients, family, career, and property. The sheriff's office conducted the armed raid of Foreman's Adams County home last August, and the uh, article here from fox19.com includes some of the body cam video, apparently, as well. Sheriff's deputies acted on a warrant, claiming probable cause existed that drugs and drug paraphernalia would be found on Foreman's property, and that trafficking and kidnapping had taken place there, which is why uh, Afro Man in his videos and some of the lyrics actually refers to the alleged kidna- the, the kidnapping allegations and asks them, uh, asks in the lyrics to the police, like, did you find any kidnapping victims in my closet or in my, uh, my coat pockets? Because <laughs> they're looking through his coat pockets. 
Quote, they come up here with AR-15s, traumatized my kids, destroyed my property, kicked in my door, ripped up and destroyed my camera system, he said in August. Because, yeah, they, they did unplug his cameras and maybe did worse to it when they found that device. Like molested it or something? Who knows? They didn't report, record that part. Uh, the suspicions <laughs> turned out to be unfounded. Adams County Prosecutor's Office said the raid failed to turn up probative criminal evidence, according to their attorney, no charges were filed. So they destroyed his door. They raided his home. They destroyed probably plenty of other property uh, in his house. Just apparently broke some glass. Maybe t- stole his cake uh, as well. And now and then they didn't even charge him with, with anything. Months after the raid, Foreman published two songs referencing it. Lemon Pound Cake and Will You Help Me Repair My Door? Of course, the answer is always no. It doesn't matter if they didn't charge him. They're not going to come in and hire a repair guy and fix the stuff that they broke. They're going to say, well, we thought we had a good, we had it on good word that you were doing these things. And so we did the best we could and the best job that we possibly could. And so we're we're not responsible for breaking your crap. Yeah, Uh, because they're irresponsible. I just can't stress that enough. This is classic irresponsibility all the way this around. Is, yeah, it's a perfect example of how irresponsible they are. Not only are they claiming to be you know, not responsible for destroying this man's home, but they're further suing him now, saying that he's responsible for their difficulties they're suffering of supposed embarrassment, ridicule, oh loss of... I mean, it's the most pussy thing you could possibly do these big tough cops and how badass they are and you know they're all about that yeah publicly wah, wah. right You're this in is a, a big cry video yeah big cry baby i really hope that all these cops involved uh when people come across them they say yeah you're a pos for yep. you know doing what you did to afro man i saw the video and yep. you know, let's hey, name names yeah sean absolutely. d cooley justin cooley michael d estep Sean D. Grooms, Brian Newland, Lisa Phillips, and Randolph L. Walters Jr. Those are the seven plaintiffs in the Court of Common Pleas case against Afro Man and his associates. They need to smoke a little bit of weed and just forget about it. Is that a line from his song or something? No, no. I'm okay. just saying they probably you, need you know. to do like ayahuasca. They're they're really far gone if they're you know they're not in touch these with kind of cops. humanity. I no. mean, they're just you know. The footage shows the faces of the seven plaintiffs, according to the lawsuit. The complaint says Foreman, quote, also created dozens of videos and images of plaintiffs' personas and posted them on various social media platforms. In fact, in one of his videos, you can see he's got a T-shirt on with images from uh, from the raid with the cops' faces on it. <laughs> I hope uh, he's selling those as swag. I, I bet you he is. <laughs> oh, is that why? Because they're, they're saying the image? Because he's made it on a shirt. He he put it on video. He put it on shirts. He oh, put I want it on the shirt so, so social bad. media. I'm, I'm buying it right now. The complaint says he made all these things and put it up on Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram. The complaint specifically cites seven Instagram posts, all of which have been deleted. In one post, according to the complaint, Foreman allegedly congratulated a law enforcement officer involved in the raid, saying, "Quote: Thank you for getting me 5.4 million hits on TikTok. I couldn't <laughs> have done it without you. Obviously, congratulations again. You're famous." For all the wrong reasons, unquote. The plaintiffs say they've been subjected to ridicule by people who saw Foreman's posts and that the posts have made it, quote, more dangerous for them to carry out their duties. They also claim they've endured death threats by anonymous members of the public who've seen some (laughs) of the defendants above described posts. 
The complaint claims Foreman continuously used the plaintiff's personas without their prior consent in a manner that is willful, wanton, malicious, and shows conscious or reckless disregard for their rights. This is going to be a case to follow. I hope that we will continue to receive updates on this because they need to get shut the F down in this case, these cops. They have absolutely no right to their images if they're going to go parade around and try to destroy a man's life, an innocent man's life here. Not, they couldn't even find weed to charge him with, apparently. I don't know. Is weed, is weed legal in Ohio? Is that no. One? Yeah, right? So if they'd found, if they'd found I, an ounce no. of weed in Afro Man's house, you know they'd be touting that around. They'd have put handcuffs on him, and they'd have thrown him in the clink. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't plant any. Me too. I mean, really, because that's like a... These are a, scum. Yeah, it's a normal thing for them to do. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, we're definitely... I definitely want to keep an eye on this case. Uh, this guy, again, totally innocent of what happened to him here. And he decided he was going to make the best of a bad situation by taking his footage that he recorded of these men and women in his own home, going pawing through all his things. And these people think they have a right to privacy. They think... Yeah, he was just videotaping trespassers, right? And 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 it was clear of trespass. Now that you know they didn't find anything, I mean, and and this is another thing too. I mean, <clears throat> people should locally start researching what's called the judicial pension fund or your state judicial pension system, and you're going to see that um, in these. Uh, and you might have to have an accountant, like actually, um, you know, go through this a little bit, or somebody who understands, like you know, the the lingo in these spreadsheets and stuff, but. You're basically going to see that there's like all kinds of incentives for the judiciary to extract money in all forms. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> there's a guy who uh, Jeff Younger is his name. He'd be a good one to look up. He was on uh, Tim Cast a while ago. Anyways, uh, he's uh, doing a um, uh, a custody battle. His his wife is trying to transition his son. They mm. took off to California, and what he found during this and some of his public records requests is that the st- the state of Texas, for example, judicial pension fund gets a percentage, gets a kickback from the federal government, a 66% kickback, kickback of each time they uh, award child support. So if they award $1,000 in child support, they get 660 bucks each time from the federal government. Wow. There's also cases where with intimate uh, domain taking taking the money, for example, when they, people get a bunch of cash, where the judicial retirement fund gets a percentage of this money and it goes to uh cop pensions mm-hmm. so the that and <laughs> i was just looking at some of these pensions they all have dropped massively like all these pension funds just across the board have dropped but especially like they should be abolished entirely oh they should be abolished entirely but the problem is is with municipal pensions with public employee pensions oh they're gonna fight tooth they, and nail they are uh funded first and foremost when the taxes are collected mm-hmm. so all they have to do is when these pensions don't perform like they're they're guaranteed for the, to perform at like seven or eight percent, which is like sort of uh, unrealistic, except for in a very, very like, you know, um, when the market's rising mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and now it's like going, it's definitely falling. That's another uh, thing needs to happen. In addition to making it so 91A or the Freedom of Information Act requests are completely unrestricted, they also ought to abolish pensions entirely. Yep. Because if these guys want to save for retirement, let them save for retirement on their own. And government employees don't. All the people, most of the people I know that are government employees, they're 
and you can sort of tell. You see, like these thirty-year-old kids, they, they got a really sweet house. They're driving mm-hmm. like a brand new pickup truck. They got snowmobiles. They got bass boats. Sure. They got four wheelers. Taking care of. They got Harley's. The wife's driving a brand new car, mm-hmm. and th- they're like, "Oh, I don't have to save for retirement because I have a Taxpayer's golden pa- parachute it. retirement fund." Yep. Because yeah, ninety percent. When the pension fails, they just point guns at taxpayers. Yep. And this is why I want to encourage taxpayers to do right to know requests with their local city tax collector. Uh, what evidence do you? Re- what is the process and procedure that makes me liable for the the pension of the uh, fraternal order of police for mm-hmm. the pension pen- of the teacher you know, the teachers association that your town co- contracts with? Start making these guys answer some questions. If you want to comment, you can join the show here six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Uh, Joey, you're no stranger to holding the police accountable. That's one of the things that you do regularly on your channel, uh, which is called Breaking the Flaw. You can find him on Odyssey and sometimes on YouTube when they haven't banned him. Uh, but check him out. I'm back on. For now. Uh, (laughs) so are we. Well, I mean, we're, our channel hasn't been taken down, but we're, we can't stream right now because they might take us down if we get one more strike. Anyway. Mm. Uh, you've been following a lot of these First Amendment auditors. You're one of them. And yes. so you guys kind of have this community of First Amendment auditors that kind of pays attention to what's going we on. We all kind of help each other. Yeah, with yeah. everybody else. And uh, there's one guy in particular, James Freeman, who yes. you talk about a lot. He's down in, uh, is it New, New Mexico? Mexico? Yep. What's going on down there? There's an update on he's gotten into some hot water or what's what's well, happening? Well, he was defending a lady that got arrested for not wearing a mask in court. Oh, in court? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And they're still pushing for that, apparently. Amazing. Yeah, and so she was arrested, and uh, he, James Freeman went out and confronted the sheriff that made the arrest, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, he's like, oh, that's what the law says, I have to do it, And but at the same time, that sheriff went to the police department and said, we're not arresting anyone for for not wearing a mask, so he, like, informed all the officers not to do it. But they did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they did it anyway. Well, that was, you know, that the arrest would happen before he informed him. Uh, oh, okay. okay. But, but, you know. And this is recent. Ridic- this yeah, is just, happened this yesterday. Is a, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you would think, okay, in 2020, that would be more likely, but here it is, 2023. Yeah. They're th- still threatening people for this. Yeah, it's crazy. And, like, what, you really want to drag this lady through the courts just because she didn't wear a mask? It's, it's so ridiculous. And what's the charge? Good is it question. A, is it an ordinance violation? I don't know. I gotta, or is it a I, court rule? Is it, is it watch, contempt? I guess it would be contempt. This is my best guess, but I need to watch uh, his longer video, and I suggest everyone else go to James Freeman to mm-hmm. check it out. He's done several videos on it. Uh, but um, hmm. Was he there when the arrest actually happened? I don't think so. Okay, I think so he's he heard just trying about to help it, out and then the I think fact. he uh, got the lady bailed out. Um, I'm wow. pretty sure New Mexico is a very blue state. It is. Uh, yeah. There was a, a little article I had read, I don't know, about a week ago. There was like, how come nobody's moving to New Mexico, but everybody's moving to Arizona? I think some so, people are moving to New Mexico from, like, California. Uh, not compared to moving to Arizona. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount of people moving to Arizona is, like, insane, especially leaving California. And, and, and there's a lot of people that are leaving California are conservatives, and, you right. know, very few of them are going to New Mexico. No, I was thinking liberals <clears throat> would be going from California to New Mexico. But even they don't want to go to New Mexico because New Mexico is such a, like, poor reputation oh, yeah. there's so much drug abuse just like yeah. uh the uh the joke it's not really a joke but when i went to new mexico years ago and they were like oh the joke is um and i heard this in arizona too but was uh 
the government's killing Indians again. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, they give them $25,000 when they turn 18, and then they drink themselves to death. Mm. And uh, so with with the uh, welfare state in New Mexico compared to, like, you know, um, Arizona, uh, from what I understand, is is it sort of like California's welfare state. The, The reason that there is these massive, you know, just homeless people doing drugs all over, you know, in the big cities in California. Right. It's like when you're because, poor, that's all you know is the drug. And well, then when you, you get handed 25 grand, what do you do? You go and buy drugs. Well, in mm-hmm. California, they're handed, you know, basically an EBT card and they get a a, a cash stipend uh, or, or whatever. I, I don't, you know, I've seen all different things and heard all different numbers, but they get, you know, several hundred dollars a month. And then the, um, you know, so these uh, government sponsored food, whatever, are, are showing up and feeding them three meals a day and, and there's even interviews of like a lady. She's got. She's like, "Well, this is great. I I get money every month, and wow. I can just get high, go eat breakfast, get high, go eat lunch, get you know, get high. They got porta potties for us right over there, and it's Jeez. just this big drug, you know, drug encampment, at, you know, like in San Francisco or something. And um, yeah, so it and and so New Mexico is kind of like that, and they're still like that's ridiculous. It is. Uh, you, you know, this uh, arresting someone for for uh, not wearing a mask. Have they arrested anyone else for not wearing a mask? Because I'm I sure she's not the only one. And, yeah, you know, have. let me just, I'm not going to take a guess. Is that she was being defiant on it? Right. And for her. Right. No, no. Yeah, 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 absolutely. They should all be. But because her defiance and, like, you're standing up to the judge or the court and all this stuff, now they're going to throw the book at you. E- even you know with, what I mean? Even That's with my particular case, the, you know, the reason they uh, pressed, uh, you know, charges of uh, ch- uh, child endangerment against my wife is because... We were not interested in complying with DCYF, <clears throat> and I just we just basically did that based on an internet search of DCYF settlements, uh, New Hampshire DCYF settlements, and I counted like a hundred million dollars in settlements that New Hampshire DCYF paid out. And then you go look at at their reviews on Google. You have all these people are like they got like a one point something, <laughs> and uh, there's one review five stars. Oh, they got me a baby. Uh, it, oh, okay. like baby, you know, somebody put on. They there. stole me a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? I was able to adopt or something. They did wow. great. They did a great job. That was like, you know, but it, that was the only positive review. Of course. And all the reviews were like, I wish I could leave them a zero, but I have to leave them a one. Right. And you know, all, and all this stuff. And it's same, the same stuff with government courts too. If you ever want, same, same thing with government courts. courts same thing with the, with the uh, towing companies that have the contract to work with the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with uh, you know, any of these um, essentially places where. You know, um, <clears throat> irresponsibility is promoted and encouraged because these people don't get any kind of nobody stays after school for for, for being irresponsible and for doing for having bad behavior. They all get um, essentially rewarded for it. I want to go to uh, TJ the Spy. He's on the line on our SIP line at sip.freetalklive.com. You can go there to learn how to get connected to this line. Go ahead, TJ. You're on Free Talk Live. Greetings, everyone. It's so wonderful to be on Free Talk Live, and I wanted to tell everyone that this Monday is a very special day. It is Ross Ulbricht's birthday. Um, so I'm working on trying to get a pizza to him, and I thought, oh, you know, if only I had some leverage. A pizza, that's what he wanted, and, you know. I don't think they birthday. let you send food into federal prison or any prison, for that matter. Where? There's a mordita. There's a way. I God bless the Mexican system of law enforcement. You know, I always said, you know, that's the thing. I got to get some juice or some uh, 
All right, so I want to know how you think you're going to get a pizza into federal prison. Hang on a second, because he's not in a Mexican prison. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about Ross Ulbricht. He's the founder, the creator of the Silk Road, the world's first underground drug and uh, free marketplace. And he's been sitting in prison now for, I think, 10 years. Maybe there's uh, drone deliveries nearby. He's into his 10th year. There's more coming up in moments. You can join us here. This is Free Talk Live. Open and you can join us here. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Here tonight is Ian, Jay, and Joa. We're talking with you. If you call in, you can bring up absolutely anything you want. There's going to be a debate coming up here uh, this weekend in New Hampshire that you guys wanted to, uh, to promote. I know it will be recorded for those of you who won't be able to physically make it up here to see. And I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah, I'm excited. It. Hopefully I can go and attend it. Uh, but the number here is 603-283-6160. We're going to go back to your calls and thoughts. We have TJ the Spy on the line here. TJ, you're pointing out that coming up, uh, what did you say, Monday? It's Ross Ulbricht's birthday? Monday, the 27th is Ross Ulbricht's birthday. And, and, and just I'm give with... our listeners a little uh, recap on Ross. Who, who is Ross Ulbricht? Uh, Ross Ulbricht is a first-time offender. Uh, he was convicted of conspiracy to run a drug trafficking website called the Silk Road. And it was shut down, and they arrested him and sentenced him to double life plus 40 years, which is more than you know a lot of murderers get. Right, for and running a website. Killed. For running a website. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually sell the drugs. He ran the website where the drugs were sold. So under the conspiracy laws, it made him guilty of the kingpin statute, and that's mm-hmm. why he's doing life. Insane. Anyway... Anyway, I've been, I'm very good friends with his mom, uh, Lynn, as are you, and you said that Ross was an inspiration for you to do your Bitcoin activism, and um, I was just thinking, like, the one thing uh, I on the Twitter feed that he has, he wanted a pepperoni pizza, and I thought, what better gift to give than some, some you know, pizza pies, and all I need is, like, an FBI agent to, like, wave their badge and so I have to have some good graces, some favors, some, some I don't know what you call it, you know, some grease. <laughs> You're saying you want an FBI agent to deliver a pizza to Ross Ulbricht on your behalf? It's pretty, uh, oh, my, pretty yes, big ask. Yes, I think, and I have the perfect one. Katie Tebolt, uh, the one who authorized, yes, uh, the, the one who, um, uh, that's T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. Uh-huh. And, if you, and if you want the... Yeah, Tebow, yeah. And if you want the VIN number and license plate number to her car, just let me know. Because you know how I memorize numbers, like pi is 3.14159265355. Well, I can do the same thing with VIN numbers to cars or license plates. This is, by the way, Katie Tebow is the head agent that prosecuted the Crypto 6. That's who... For listeners that don't know that particular name, I don't know if I don't know if you could trust her to hold off on a pizza, man. I mean, she's she's a hefty lady. She's probably well, gonna. I... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just buy her one a for herself. Attorney, I just need a, you know, considering I was raided by the FBI with an invalid search warrant, had my stuff stolen, from kept for four years, and the thing that irks me most mm-hmm. is that when the warrant was declared invalid. I had to sue the FBI and pay $402 and write a six-page essay called a motion for equitable relief under Rule 41G 
to get my own stuff that the FBI stole back. So mm-hmm. I paid to be robbed in the form of I paid the FBI agent salaries, you know, for whatever they charge per hour. Yep. And we had 15 agents times four hours and 60 hours of wasted time there. And then I had to spend like 20 hours writing the lawsuit and it took $402. To, so I, I, I paid to be robbed and I paid to get my stuff back. Now yep, that so. sounds like their system. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, uh, con- you know, by the way, you're stimulating the legal system as well. The appellate lawyers are going to have a field day. Oh, you're talking about with the crypto six case? Yes. The crypto six case. Yes. Well, um, my plan is to just keep Sisti on. Uh, he may ask another attorney to, uh, to help out with it, but you know, he knows. Yeah. The- Cause appellate law is very complicated and mm-hmm. that's, you know, just in the first raid, it was like 10,000 pages in USA v. Levin where they declared the warrant invalid. And I said, surely there has to be an easier way than reading 10,000 pages, literally <laughs> 10,000. Well, it may not be 10,000. It was probably more like 1,500 or you know, wow. 2,000 pages, but it was a very lengthy. That's That, uh, that was a court opinion that was that long? That's the one that invalidated the warrant from the first raid. Yes, wow, it was uh, crazy. USA v. Levin. And so you have the trial transcripts, the briefs, the cross briefs, oh, okay. the rebrief, yeah. the replies, oral arguments, motions. And and at the appellate level, it's just insane. I well, yeah, my, my whole- attorney, Mark Sisti, says he's had a case at the appellate court in Boston for more than a year and it's still awaiting I don't know if it, I get. I don't remember if it was awaiting its hearing or awaiting its ruling, but it's still waiting for whatever well, it is that's supposed to happen next. So it's going to anyway, be anyway. You know, I'm I'm full of numbers, and so if uh, I have immunity from prosecution, so I can go up to you know Seth Afram and uh, Georgiana McDonald and confess to any crime. Uh, and not be prosecuted. So you it's think you got? They gave you immunity from all future prosecution. I doubt that. No, TJ. no, 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 no. Like uh, past crimes. So I have what's called use immunity, meaning they whatever I say to them cannot be used against me. But if mm. they independently can verify it through alternative means, they mm. may. You know, it's it's not transactional immunity, which is yeah. What you're I wanted, probably better off not, not talking to uh, prosecutors in in general. It's probably not. Good for your health. Oh, I but, didn't have, you know, it's, 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 uh, for $325 an hour with a $5,000 retainer, Paul Garrity will happily have you not talk to the U.S. attorneys, you know, so it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe instead of getting a pizza for Ross Ulbricht, people could write him letters. That might be something that the average person. Oh, definitely. Do. And he definitely appreciates those, as does mm-hmm. his mom. But, you know, I'm, I'm on a mission to get him something special. So, you know, just right. know if I have to betray you and, you know, give the prosecution the church treasure wallet password, something like that. I don't know. They, <laughs> I'm sure. See, that's the thing. They want me to stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, lady, I don't have anything to stab them in the back with. So uh, what people can do if they want to support Ross is go to freeross.org. And that's where you can sign the petition to hopefully have someone uh Biden or whoever comes after Biden, possibly uh, not pardon him, but uh, what do they call it? Commute his uh, his Commute sentence. sentence. Clemency. Um, I mean, a pardon would be nice, but the odds that, that would happen nice. probably next to zero. Uh, but uh, sign the petition there at freeross.org, and then if you, I'm sure somewhere on this site is an address on which or uh, to which you can send him mail. It's not jumping out at me. There it is. You go to the bottom, you click contact, 
and then there would be some kind of what's his federal ID that. number? There like, that's all you would need, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you gotta have the um, address. Uh, but it's oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, let me. Uh, TJ knows. It's there on the site. You can just go to free freeross.org and click contact. Eighteen eight seventy dash. Yeah, eighteen eight seventy dash W. If or dash one one one. Yep. Uh, so, and he's apparently he's in uh, USP Tucson in Tucson, Arizona yes. right now. Uh, and again, guy's a hero. He did some amazing work creating the Silk Road, setting the black market even freer than it ever was before, allowing competition to come into the black yes. market, literally saving people's lives through that saved competition. Saved my life. And definitely saved my life and made it a whole lot better. So I'm very thankful to his work and I hope that Ross is, you know, granted a clemency and commuted his sentence to something more reasonable because the people who actually sold the heroin on the Silk Road were given 10 years. Mm. So the guy who didn't do any of the selling, he just ran the website, got double life plus 40. Yeah. No one else the in the case, not only in just the Silk Road case, but in the fu- the subsequent cases where they busted other darknet marketplaces, no one else has even come close to receiving a sentence like Ross Ulbricht's sentence. I mean, it, it, you want to talk about uh, the constitutional prohibition on uh, you know punishing more extreme than what the actual crime is. I mean, that's... That's Ross Ulbricht's case, for sure. And with with Ross Ulbricht, there was never an affidavit entered into the record where anyone even claims being injured or could prove any injury. There's no injured party with Ross Ulbricht. I think they trotted somebody out during the sentencing whose kid had died, you know, after taking some heroin or something that they bought on the Silk Road. So they tried to tar uh, Ross with that person's indiscretions. Uh, but you know that's not a claim well, against Ron. I wish make we their could own put choices, all the you know? right. Well, I wish you know we could take all these post-traumatic stress disorder combat veterans, and you know, uh, perhaps I don't know what the correct molecule is, but I know that if uh, you know benzodiazepines aren't working or whatever, and therapy isn't working, and you know, ecstasy may be a good alternative, which is um, Molly or MDMA, and. I'm glad that they're starting to at least take a second look at these drugs. A lot of these drugs that have been banned are hugely medicinal, in my opinion. You know, it's when used appropriate. Absolutely. You know, under doctor. Yep. Uh, whether so it's anyway, doctor almost, or not, I mean, uh, you don't, you shouldn't need a doctor in order to dose yourself on medicine. You shouldn't have to go to some man in a, a smock or a, a suit or whatever. You can, yes, you with can a abuse DA yourself with number. any substance. You could eat too much pizza. For instance, that's true. Yes. Yeah, because what well, happened? Ian, I wish you the best of luck on your sentencing coming up in April. It's actually been and, pushed uh, back. Uh, it is now going to be June 29th, so it is no longer in April. And this was due to some severe issues, apparently, with the what they call the pre-sentencing report. So this is a document that is uh, cooked up by the probation department, where they look at prior convictions and other factors. And then they come up with a recommended guideline sentence range, which, of course, the judge can divert from that range if he wants to. He can go above it. He can go below it just based on whatever reasons the judge wants to. Uh, But the range that they came up with was 30 to 70 years in prison. And apparently even the prosecution agrees that that was too high. So uh, they have to go back and and look at that. So my my attorney's got to dig through that and, like, figure out what they screwed up and 
and tried to uh, try to remedy that. So that's going to take another few more months, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm praying for you. I'm hoping for a suspended sentence. Thank you, TJ. I, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the call. What were you going to say, Jay? I mean, it just goes to show you the um, cultural war that we're really in because how woke, you know, are these people that were coming after you? These, you know, is it a George Soros backed, you know, uh, federal attorney that, you know, I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is a George Soros thing. I mean, this is just a full-on assault by the federal government against cryptocurrency. Which, We're just like, one aspect of that. And, and George Soros, for example, is you know cl- claims to be like fan, you know fueling this culture war by backing radical hate uh, black hate groups and then um, you know backing uh, prosecutors who are essentially going to go after. Uh, you know, people who are like stand up conservatives and people who, you know, want freedom and, you know, and, and, and with your, um, you know, getting Bitcoin out to people and getting them out from under the slavery system called fiat dollars. Uh, I definitely see how you're a target and they want to make an example of you. And you too, there's, you didn't hurt anybody. You didn't steal anything from anyone. There was no, nope. no injured. You created no victims. Everything you did was honorable. And, um, <clears throat> they're just pissed that uh you uh are you know essentially you know flipped over to money changers table <laughs> as far as i'm concerned uh, they, they, that's all uh you know and all these people they're mad uh you know trying to uh push bitcoin and promote bitcoin which is you know financial sovereignty is, is the bottom line and the slave and that is system, the enemy to the state and it, to the slave system yep. as you pointed out let's go to the phones here uh, the situation is calling from oregon you're on free talk live go ahead yeah, good morning. Um, anyway, uh, I'm kind of been a regular caller, not not very often, but I do call in here in the last six months to a year. Okay, well, I'm curious, what, what what day is it there? I have you on a serious delay. Um, it is <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, it's Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, yeah. uh, twenty uh, uh, March. 20 something yeah the 23rd yeah Yeah. that's what day it is today yeah and i heard sarah on the radio okay uh yes all then it it seems like i get you guys a day behind um may i don't know i can't i can't say for sure uh when your local radio station is airing uh from when your their local radio station is airing the show yeah it's uh am 1340 in oregon okay what were you calling about? Though? Was it just to ask what day it is, or were you actually going to you know, talk about it? No, something? I was wondering if there's like a huge delay here, because I've noticed I've been on the radio, and I'm a day behind or something. Okay, well, now you should be able to figure it out. But did you want to talk about something, like an actual issue or something? About uh, legalized uh, drugs. Yeah, okay, let's hear it. Uh, I I don't, uh, I'm, I'm pro-marijuana all the way. All right. All the way. Pro-marijuana. But uh, listening to you guys, you're pro-legalized all drugs. Everything. Yeah, yeah. We should end drug prohibition because, I mean, anybody that's done any sort of brief amount of study on prohibition knows that it actually makes matters worse every time it's tried. Well, I I called in to Sarah, Bonnie, and uh, I forget forget her name um, yesterday. Okay. And was discussing this, and... You know, seems to me like, you know, you, you people, you people, mm-hmm. <laughs> quotes, mm-hmm. sorry, um, 
I'm offended. Think I'm that that that'll solve everything, and it's no, like, it doesn't solve everything, but it will solve a lot before, of things. Before you before you think that works that way, you should come out here and see the garbage, the the trash, the people. I got a question no for you, caller. Well, hold on, I want to know what he means. What garbage? What are you talking about? I know what he's referring to. Just just the people digging through the dumpsters and pulling everything out. We live on the coast. Okay, and they. they these people who are high on drugs, the drug I know camps. it's not a homeless guy looking for a pair of pants, and they empty the dumpsters out here on the beach, and it blows yeah. away in the ocean, you know, and then okay. they go around stealing stuff, and there's no, the police are handicapped, you know, I live in a very liberal state, you know, I know you guys think cops are bad. And, what do you mean the police are handicapped? They can't arrest any of these people and take them to jail. Arrest them for what? For for stealing. littering. Stealing. For stealing. Littering. Why not? Stealing. Because the state of Oregon and along with Washington State mm-hmm. and California, the whole West Coast, who they got a bunch of woke DAs. They're totally the whole. All the people in charge here are. All the state legislatures are woke. Okay. All of them. But is it like in California where I know that they made it so you can't arrest somebody for less than like... uh, $900 shoplifting? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Is that what they're doing there? Yeah. Similar to that, but Uh we've legalized any amount of drugs pretty much. I mean, I I have a But that's not a crime. Having drugs isn't a crime, but actually destroying property is... And if the police well, aren't arresting people for destroying the property, then that's definitely a problem with uh, with the system there. So you're okay with a guy with 10 pounds of fentanyl or methamphetamine driving around the street like, like it's ice cream? I don't care if somebody has methamphetamine or, or heroin or whatever. I mean, that's their business. So you're business. okay with them driving around in an ice cream truck, their siren going off. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's how it is here. The reality of legalized drugs would probably just mean that the you know Walgreens or CVS would start carrying things that they're right. currently prohibited from carrying. But if somebody wanted to sell meth out of an ice cream truck, I mean, I don't care. You know, I mean, look, whatever. I I typically, you know. I'll look at reviews before I go and buy something at a store. Like you know, what I mean, like well, you know, there's a reputation to the places that you purchase things. Are you really going to buy drugs off an ice cream truck? Be honest. Like, I mean, it's I not going to happen. Depends, people but... do. Yeah, people, people do will here. do that. But people, like, just because it's legal now but for le- drugs, do you think it was going to stop them if it was illegal? No, they're still going to do it. No, I, I'm talking about the individual user. I'm talking about it's so emboldened here that people can drive around in vans or their sedan and they get all high. And like yesterday, I was at the grocery store, and I, I I had to get my truck worked on, so I dropped it off. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store and walk back. And I start walking down the street, and here's this guy with a baseball bat mm-hmm. yelling at people and swinging his bat and yelling at cars. And he was, uh, I was, like, about to intersect with this guy as I'm walking, and he's just out of his mind. Okay. And well, there so were people I, like that. So, bef- so do I shoot the guy? Okay. So there's. Uh, I mean, if you feel like your life is un- is uh, under threat, then yeah, I would think you have a right to defend yourself. Um, but no, I think I think 
guys are wrong because like 30 years ago, nobody's walking around like a lunatic swinging a bat. And you have like 150 people here in a small town on the coast just out of their minds. Okay, so no are you telling me that people weren't doing drugs three years ago? 30 years ago, he said. Yeah, but the drug decriminalization only happened like two years ago. Okay. So are yeah. you saying there uh, were... There Oregon. Were... It's Oregon. They they decriminalized drugs before they decriminalized drugs. They stopped arresting people like 10 years ago. Okay. Well, or, I don't know if you know this, but arresting people for drugs doesn't stop them from using drugs in the future. I know that. Okay. I'm an addict. I'm an addict myself. I understand that. Got it. Okay, so we understand that that's, that's pointless. However, if you are on the streets threatening people, then that is something that could be arrestable. It also could just result in you getting shot uh, by somebody who feels like they're, you know, they're being threatened. It could result in that not, person not, being killed. Not in a democratic state. Yeah, not where you can't have guns. State. Well, okay, not my problem well, then. You know, you maybe you shouldn't live there. Well, I mean, where does it end? Where do you go? New Hampshire. Go somewhere with gun rights. I mean, you're probably better off in Idaho or something like that. I understand what you guys are saying with that, but why promote it? Promote what? The the legalize the drug thing because... You don't seem to understand the, the difference, okay? Drug use is not a violent crime. It is not a crime with a victim. I understand what you're saying is you believe that people who are using drugs may be more likely to victimize, but that is generally only something that happens under prohibition, uh, or it happens more often because usually the victimizations happen when somebody's trying to get the money that they need to buy illegal drugs, which of course are priced much higher than they would otherwise be in a free marketplace. But if we actually had a free market in drugs, which you don't in Oregon, you just have some some decriminalization of of drugs there. So you don't actually have a free market. But if you did have a free market, would you still have some crazies using drugs? Yeah, you've See, got crazies using drugs right now. And eventually, if a crazy person using drugs, tran- you know, they transgress against somebody that's got a gun or you know, try to break into somebody's house or whatever, they're going to end up dead, and the, the problem's going to solve itself. In a, in a basic vision of this, okay, think of it like this: when it was illegal, these uh, people, drug users, were doing it. In the dark, like, and they were doing it uh, behind, like, closed doors and say they OD'd, now they're dead. Now, I'm not saying it's good that they're doing drugs, but at least they can do it more out in the open. It's more, like, understandable. Okay, it's legal. Oh, man, that guy's ODing. We can save him now. He's not hiding in some sort of crawl space doing drugs. Like, I think it's just, it's, it's safer because socially it's, like, become acceptable in the sense that, you know, people are more exposed to it and it maybe it reduce it can reduce the usage when people see it on the street like actually out in the open it'll reduce it because it'll be a public outcry like you are right now and like that's where the change is going to happen you know but just complaining about it's not gonna do anything i think i think like if we actually uh, boots on the ground and like try to help them yeah i mean if you go and you look at portugal which is of course the big experiment on the planet and they've had it for like 20 years, they've had decrim, very similar to Oregon, you can see that the number of addicts has gone down, and that's because they've been able to actually reach out and get the help that they need. So that happens under a a system of decriminalization in a way that it just doesn't happen otherwise. I saw a guy, uh, by the way, drugs are still illegal here, uh, mostly in, in New Hampshire. They've had some decrim for marijuana, but heroin is still illegal. And uh, Bonnie and I were walking through the park one day over by the, the 
the studio here and we saw some guy just fall over off of a picnic. So he's sitting on a picnic table and he just falls over like a rock. And in fact, I think he hit his head on a rock while, uh, when he when he fell. Turns out the dude was shooting up some heroin there in the park, OD'd. And we ended up calling, you know, the uh, 911 and the ambulance came. Unfortunately, cops came too. Uh, and then, you know, I'm pretty sure they arrested that guy because he had a needle on him, you know, and that's not going to help him. That's not going to no. make him better. So there's definitely a few elements of this that aren't haven't been brought up yet. First off is <clears throat> the subsidization of the people that are using the drugs. They're mm-hmm. rece- Most of them, almost all of them are receiving some form of disability, social security insurance, point, yeah. um, whether it's some kind of welfare, some kind of like, like you just, in California, for example, you can just be like, hey, I'm homeless and you're getting like a six, $700 check a month. I don't remember the money, but mm-hmm. you're getting money. And the other thing too is the subsidization of the drugs is being subsidized huge by the government specifically by the military in the form of heroin um, to get to the streets of America and that's the where the politicians want it. We can talk more about it. If you want to stay uh, the situation, you're welcome to continue this discussion because it is an important issue and a lot of people are struggling with this in their lives. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's me, Ian, Jay, and Joa. We're going to continue a conversation here with a gentleman calling himself The Situation. He's calling in from the coast of Oregon. And so far on the call he has expressed some frustration apparently there's a lot of people just openly wantonly committing various different criminal acts of property destruction maybe even criminal threatening other things that uh, are going on just openly there and apparently the police are not willing to do anything about it and it's basically because these guys are drug addicts that all this stuff is happening. I don't know if that's why. I mean, maybe some of them have drug problems. Others may just be criminals. I mean, there's there's just some people who just steal for a living, right? Like that's what they do. Sure. All the th- uh, <laughs> all the thieves I've really met usually tend to be drug, were addicts. drug addicts. Yeah, yeah. But usually those drug addicts need to get the uh, the money to buy the drugs, and of course we know that that's one of the things that happens during drug prohibition is the price goes up because only. The people who are willing to risk uh, prosecution, like we're talking about the dealers, right? Like those people, they have to take serious risks. And in order to take those serious risks, they got to get rewarded, which means they're going to jack up the price to make it worth their time, worth their risk uh, to go out there and sell these drugs. And so, you know, as drugs pass between middleman to middleman to middleman to the end dealer, they get marked up a lot each way and if we actually had legal drugs if we actually ended drug prohibition which we once had in this country uh prior to prohibition drugs were legal you could go to the convenience store and buy a whole bottle of heroin and nobody would bat an eye at it back then for you know five cents or or whatever it cost but you couldn't get state-sponsored welfare back then Right. There wasn't a welfare state. And so uh, the point being that under a legal drug situation, you would see the costs come down. You wouldn't see near as much uh, criminal activity associated with drug use. 
And the fact is, you can't arrest your way out of this problem. So I've got the situation back on the line. I mean, anyone advocating for the end to drug prohibition, which includes, by the way, a large amount of police and former cops at Law Enforcement Action Partnership, used to be known as Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. These are guys who've been police. They've learned the the hard way that the war on drugs has been an absolute abject failure, and that if we actually do want to help people that have drug problems, the best way to do it is to actually legalize the drugs so they aren't afraid to go out and get the help that they need. Now, of course, it'd be nice to end welfare at the same time, Jay, but unfortunately that one, that proposal is usually not being made uh, inside any uh, any state houses. But that doesn't mean that drugs shouldn't be legalized. You shouldn't have to do one thing uh, to get the other because there are plenty of responsible drug users out there who are not knocking over convenience stores. They're not wielding a baseball bat. They're not uh, tipping over dumpsters. They're just coming home at the end of the day and they're using one illegal drug instead of using, you know, a very legal but also very hard drug known as uh, as alcohol. There are many people like that in this country, and a lot of those people end up getting uh, busted when they get pulled over for whatever other nonsense, you know, speeding or whatever. And then the cops search the car, and then they they go to prison. So the situation that's one thing that will change big time under drug uh, legalization is all the responsible drug users will no longer face prison cells right. over that. So, are you talking to me now? Yeah, you're on. Go ahead. All right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm an alcoholic. I'm an addict, and uh, yeah, I I completely understand addiction. I don't know if you're an alcoholic. Are you? Um, I have had alcohol regularly in my life. I don't think I would call myself an alcoholic. I'm not currently drinking, and I have not. Had a drink for more than uh, a year, I think, at, at this point. So, uh, so are are the other people on the show that way? Are they alcoholics, drug nope. addicts? No, nope, I, I don't drink, and and my my uh, yeah. I got a a, a, yeah. a a full brother that doesn't yeah. drink, and we actually one of the th- examples that I had in, in my life is I as I have a couple of uh, relatives uh, that are alcoholics. Uh, and uh, one of the guys who taught me a tremendous amount about blacksmithing and horseshoeing, he was awesome until he started drinking. So mm. that was these examples in my life um, are, are why I am not into alcohols because of, I, it's, You've seen it it's work. got poor reviews. I've, yeah. I've seen it work. Yeah. And, and also, I have an uncle who's a crackhead. We mm-hmm. called him Uncle Cracky since I was 12 <laughs> oh years my old. God. He just killed himself a year oh, ago, oh, spent $47,000 of my grandmother's money. Wait a minute. Crack's illegal. And, um, oh, right. Yeah. How'd you but, get it? But, oh, it, yeah. but <laughs> let me know. No, if crack was legal, Uncle Cracky could have offed himself by, you know, just doing massive amounts of crack uh, 25 years ago and not been, you know, such a burden on society or his family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's kind of like Ebola. The reason Ebola doesn't really spread fast is because it kills so quickly. So, like, these diseases that, like, kill mass really quick, have a very high maturity, um, uh, <clears throat> very high death rate, uh, they don't go far. And so if the example is you can get all the fentanyl, the heroin you want, and just, you know, go from being, uh, you know, a junkie to dead in, you know, in a weekend, they'd be like, oh, Uncle Bob, he started doing heroin on Friday and he was dead on Monday. Wow, I'll never touch that stuff. Mm. You know, there's a really good example. 
uh, it, you know, another one if if it was legal, because there is a percentage of the population that is probably they're weak, and it's just the way nature works, and they might just off themselves. And, sure. But now what's happening is that percentage of the population is being subsidized. Like my uncle, my crackhead uncle, got eight hundred dollars a month in disability. The guy never worked a legit job in his life. He always robbed from every everybody. Damn. And you know his 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 mother enabled good. him. You know, right till the end. And he didn't uh, know any other way. It seemed. Well, mm-hmm. he was just his his only happiness was being on crack. Yeah. And so so but and there were times he would go like six months even without doing it. And then as soon as he you know put together a few thousand dollars, you didn't see him for for going to binge. Or mm-hmm. he actually won a lawsuit like, I don't know, six or seven years before he died. He got wrongfully arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, he was involved with some bad actors. And anyways, it wasn't him. And uh, they basically just gave him a check for like 50 grand, you know, oh. just to walk away. Nobody saw the guy for like Jeez. six months. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> and then, uh, but that's the way it always went with him. You know, yeah. he would just, you know, and he <clears throat> stole from everybody. Well, I bet and, if yep. I bet if he got arrested, then that would have solved his problem. Oh, he got arrested all kinds of times for this <laughs> stuff, and 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 just because you right. could, you know, inform on somebody or something. And he was also, a, you know, a, a, a big time sweet talker. He would literally just sweet talk people out of money all the time. It was wow. like randoms on the street, and you know. Jeez. But that's what addicts do. You have nothing sure. better to do but get money to get high. Um, and oh. if the state had given him no money. I mean, this stuff would have been done with if my grandmother hadn't, um, you know, enabled mm-hmm. him. It would have been done with, you know, before it ever started, really. Go ahead, the situation. Yeah, no, years ago, I got in trouble. I had I had to take a safety class. I call them, you know, they're actually illegally, they're like an alcohol class or whatever. Sure. I yeah. call them a class. And call them what? I'm, I'm from Alaska, and it's like, uh, you know, 600,000 people in that state mm-hmm. and the counselor told told the whole crew there that we're all in trouble and she goes you know you can be an alcoholic and get social security disability for it wow. so here they go lrn.fm oh uh we can't you know i, I want to so i want to answer his question am i addicted to anything cigarettes but it's mm. been you know, I'm. I have control of it. It's you know, like, you need a good arrest. That'll solve your problem. Like <laughs> sit in jail for a while. <laughs> it doesn't ever. It doesn't ever solve anyone's problem. Uh, situation. Yeah, see, I'm addicted to getting arrested. Uh, I'm going to bring you back here, situation. But you got to remember to watch your language. We are on broadcast radio, so please don't do that again. Yeah, copy. Sorry. Go ahead with your point. Uh, so yeah, the the uh, the counselor that worked for the government told us that. They're actually stealing from us, who were the guys who got in trouble for a DUI or whatever, the taxpayer. And they're using Social Security money to support, and that's why it's bankrupt. Who's stealing from you? I'm sorry, I missed the point. Who's stealing from you? The addicts. Addicts take the Social Security disability money. Right. If you're an alcoholic, you can get a disability check, basically, Uh, for being an alcoholic. okay. Okay, yeah. Stop working. And uh, well, right. Well, now you're talking about the issue of incentives, and human beings respond to incentives, and welfare creates yeah. a very perverse incentive to be a loser and to do drugs and to not work. And we've seen what okay. welfare does, and we know that it's yeah, uh, it's a problem. But that is not a reason to not legalize uh, drugs. No, um, 
Okay, I just read a story here in uh, in Iraq. Uh, Saddam Hussein, right? Mm-hmm. Is he in Iraq? I think he was. That in was Iraq. him. Yeah, that's right. And so after they killed him, there was no uh, uh, consequences for theft because when Saddam Hussein was president. He chopped off the arms or he, you know, that was a law. You stole, you lost your hand mm-hmm. and chop your hand off. And like here in Oregon, West Coast, these people just come in, steal all your stuff. You work 10 hours a day, steal your lawnmower, your chainsaw, your car. And I'm like, you know, why isn't there like a a posse going around chopping people's hands off. Well, I mean, generally that, in my opinion, is not a particularly um, humane way to handle the issue of theft. I think most libertarians would agree that theft is a property crime, and so therefore the correct way to solve that is to require restitution by the person who who committed that act. Restorative justice. What's that? Years ago, you had that restitution. Yeah, they should bring it back. You, you, you know, like I stole the boat and, you know, as a teenager, I mm-hmm. stole the boat and I screwed it up or wrecked it. Yeah. And the, the court told me I need to go hang out with that guy. So I had to go split firewood and fix his driveway and yeah, all summer long. Right. You got to do enough work. work or pay enough money to re- not only restitute the individual for what they lost, but also the difficulty that they suffered time that they lost, the frustration that uh, that they had over that. That allows, I like your term, restorative justice, Jay, because not only are you restoring the victim to a whole status, or at least as whole as you possibly can, but then hopefully you've learned your lesson and you can then go in a more positive direction. And you have your hands, too, so you can actually like you know do some work uh, in the future. And, like do more drugs. My mom, my mom was a single mom and like, I was kind of an only child. She was like, yeah, go ahead and like, beat his ass, you know? Yeah, I don't think, Do again, I don't think an ass beating is uh, is the way to solve problems. I think we should be a little more... Way. Uh, be a little more creative than that. Uh, but thank you for the call tonight, the situation. I do appreciate hearing from you. That, uh, you know, that just... That's just teaching young people that violence solves problems, and that's, I don't think, a good lesson and, to... And a reputation-based society, if you have a reputation as a thief... Well, people aren't going to want to hire you, for example. Sure. So what happens with a lot of, but but when you're on welfare and you just get a state check, <clears throat> you don't care about your reputation. Mm-hmm. You're going to you, get the check there, regardless. There's no incentive for the reputation because you're just going to get paid and your only goal is uh, essentially to get high and mm-hmm. living outside is pretty comfortable on the West Coast. Um, so they right. live in a tent. So they, they live in a tent. They, they get, you know, lots of money from the state. They get fed. And they don't care if they're living in filth and swill because their dopamine they notice hits, it. Their dopamine hits are uh, satisfied by chemicals. To where mm-hmm. my dopamine hit, you know, is my daughter, you know, learning how to feed the cows and sure. you know, and 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 uh, just you know, raising. I feel good when I have a garden of crops that are coming in, and you know, and you know, my kids can you know do actual real life things, and you know, I get a dopamine hit off of fixing people's broken cars and. Uh, but <clears throat> when you're when you don't have to, you know, go earn and take care of yourself, um, 
and and in the, all these blue cities, these blue areas like Oregon and Washington, I mean, that guy, if he doesn't like it, sounds like, just like you said, he needs to go to Idaho where mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. But a lot of the problem with like with these open air drug drug dens mm. so it's so, you know a drug den i you know i literally went looking for my uncle one day in schenectady no. new york and i walk into this house and he's upstairs and there's this like whole upstairs room and it's just like all couches and mattresses mm-hmm. and yeah. like there was definitely rats there but i didn't see any of them oh, like man. little furry critters and there was like literally like just naked two or three black girls just like passed out it was like and he's like you know um just in this thing and i I go get him and get him out of there and mm-hmm. and i was like you know 22 years old when i went and found wow. him and i was you know and i was the only one who probably wasn't wasted but now mm. that stuff is happening i see on tv like if you do kensington avenue philadelphia you ever look at those videos no it is disgusting it is like a clip from like some kind of zombie movie are these like the places where there's tents in the, the streets that kind of place the whole sidewalk is just like all trash and tents and people yeah, are like leaning gross. over they're like all high on i've seen whatever. some imagery like that i don't know yeah, if it was from philadelphia it, or wherever kensington but, street is it is it, 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 it's pretty popular on youtube so uh but this and all those people are subsidized too, and they're all mm-hmm. getting money. And it's a blue area. So now, the fact that if somebody was, he said, swinging a baseball bat and threatening you, and if that guy was doing it in an area where concealed carry is constitutional, right. like it is in New Hampshire, and stand your ground, Maine, as well, Vermont, Texas, Florida. <clears throat> well, you don't have concealed carry, constitutional concealed carry in Florida, but you unless know, you're fishing. Unless you're fishing, that's right. That's uh, <laughs> uh, actually, I believe, open carry. Um, yes. So, it, in, um, but like in New Hampshire and Maine, you're not going to see these things because as someone who carries mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, you know, a firearm, you cannot get into a physical fight. You, if somebody's going to grab a hold of you, you have to draw on them because if they beat you and take your gun, mm-hmm. there's going to be a major problem. So what would happen to that guy if he was anywhere New Hampshire – uh, that was, you know, all whacked out on drugs, threatening to kill you. Uh, especially like if I had me or me and my wife and kids with me, and I was in the city, and somebody came up to to, to us like that, I would have to draw on them, mm. and I would probably have to pull the trigger if they got within striking distance of me, mm-hmm. if they were that crazy. Because that, you know, even if you know, if I was by myself, I might just try to walk away. But if they, I'd even try to walk away in, in general. But and you'd be, as I understand it, within your rights, understand your ground, right? Yes. Like, you know, if you feel like you're threatened, then. And, you have the right. And this is one reason. Now, all, all those drug addicts in Manchester, New Hampshire, which there's a whole bunch of them, like mm-hmm. you just said, they're here in Keene, um, <clears throat> they know their limits. Mm-hmm. They know what they can and can't do. Right. So if so, this is why you see in these places uh, the crazy stuff these guys are doing, uh, like he says, you know, getting violent with just normal people. Um, no limits. Because there is no limit, and they're, mm-hmm. and they're, and they're not going to have, you know, they're not going to be you know dealt with yeah. and um, it, here's the thing about manchester real quick is that a lot of the drug users that you see in the streets and stuff they're not violent people right and the the cops generally don't mess with them like they know they're users and they probably have they're possessing it blah 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 but uh a lot of the crime that you see in the homeless population in manchester is actually not from manchester residents really it's actually from out of state yeah why do they so, come up there because they know that like the homeless are uh, taken care of better uh, there than Boston, uh, okay. say. Okay. Yeah, so people go there, and um, it's funny, cause, not funny, but it, it's sad uh, that um, 
you'll see police stations from like all over New England literally bring homeless people to Manchester. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, you know, the Manchester chief is, is like, I can't believe they're still doing this. And like, you, you see like Portland, Maine cops bringing, um, you know, homeless people to Manchester. And it's like, that's crazy. Cause they know they're going to take care of them, but not all of them, not, you know, but I, and it, one of the things the image about Manchester is that, yeah, you see them in the streets, but like mm-hmm. the homeless shelter is like dead center of the city. And they just hang out on the streets, mm-hmm. and there's nowhere nowhere to hide. They they banned all these areas that they can go hide and live. Uh, but you go to like Boston, there's a lot of crevices that they can hide in. So mm-hmm. it's a lot bigger population. It just looks bad here, but it really isn't as bad. Yeah, it's Does more out sense? in the open here. Yeah, yeah. So like, and, and I, that's so, all of them. So that's been, all the users, like the hard users. I I, I moved back here in uh, late 2016. And so I basically lived in Manchester from spring of uh, twenty, you know, early spring twenty seventeen until <clears throat> like fall of twenty eighteen. So I was there for you know about a year and a half, and uh, there wasn't that many homeless like at that time. But like twenty twenty, all of a sudden, summer twenty twenty, um, mm. there's uh, over there. I I believe it's uh where Canal Street. Uh, comes off of uh, I forget the name of the other street, but there's like a like a bridge overpass if you're going to go into Manchester mm-hmm. off of 93, and on, on under the underpass there's just tents and tents oh, really? and tents and barbecues set up, and uh, and I think they were fine there, and maybe that was actually a pretty all right place for yeah, them, yeah, it, that, and they kicked them out. But mm. here's the problem, like with that whole situation, is that what they should have done because they're worried about infrastructure. Like, you know, them peeing on the concrete long enough, it's going to erode it or something like that, right? But, like, they should have just created a buffer of, a like, a, a space where they can't go to, like, say, if there was concern of peeing on the concrete and the rebar and all that stuff, just make a buffer. Make six feet of inaccessible area, put a fence around it, and that's it. You solved the problem. Like, Yeah, I think the real problem is just straight up, um, not providing any welfare for them whatsoever, right. absolutely mm-hmm. zero. Because when you're about to starve to death, you might go to work, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so if you start talking to some of these people who who are, uh, I used to uh, walk around um, uh, Boulder, Colorado, with uh, an ex girlfriend of mine years ago. We used to, when we lived out there, we go just check it out. And there's a whole bunch of homeless people in Boulder and Denver. And, and they're very, you know, blue cities. They very su- support the homeless lifestyle, and they want those guys there. And you know, it's it's an agenda for them because they spend trillions and trillions of dollars these cities on homeless projects. But all the money just goes to contractors. You know, of course, just, that's exactly d- what Manchester is <clears throat> doing right now too well, with the uh, new DCY uh, DCF Sununu detention the house, twenty million dollar oh or twenty four million or whatever yeah. it was for twelve beds. The twelve beds. <laughs> twelve beds. So so like um, uh, Lauren Southern, she's a YouTuber. Uh, she did a really good expose on uh, the city of Vancouver and how they spent $1.7 trillion on this like homeless thing. And they literally <laughs> house. Yep. Trillion? trillion? No, come on. Maybe a billion. Maybe or one point. But... Did I say trillion? Probably yeah. 1.7 yeah. billion. It was a crazy. Still, it's assume, a large number. Yeah. But it, and it's Canadian dollars. <laughs> so, you know, they're, 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 uh, you know, a lesser fiat than us dollars. Cause, uh-huh. cause Canada doesn't have a military to threaten the rest of the world with. So well, the dollars are but, but, but they don't threaten the rest of the world with side, it. Like side the US note, have you noticed you're getting more Canadian change 
when you get it back? No. At no. a store? I've been I'm getting not. a lot of Canadian change. It's like they ripped me off even on that. But, but anyways, <laughs> you, Lauren Southern does this expose about the homelessness. You guys should check that out. And it's basically the same in every city. And what happens is you have like these contractors, private contractors, these building companies. And maybe it was $1.7 billion they spent or a million dollars. But they, mm. they housed like 38 people or yeah. something crazy. And like the place is like absolute slums mm. that they're spending all this money luxury. on maintaining. It, it might be one point seven billion per year it's a crazy amount of dollars i don't remember but um and it's just a huge political um money laundering operation just like the drugs and the whole nine yards like you said it's all going to the contractors the buddies who you know are in tight with the city council members that's what it is there's more coming up here you can share your thoughts the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 it is free talk live we got more coming up Jump on the phones right now. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Also want to say thank you to Neil Stearns, who is a Free Talk Live Silver member of our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help us get the ideas of liberty and peace, freedom, cryptocurrency, precious metals out to... Uh, the average folks out there listening to talk radio across the country. We've got over 170 great stations that air this show at various different times throughout the week. We could have more than that. It just takes time, takes money, takes some effort to get the word out. And so thank you to Neil Stearns and the other great folks who are supporting the AMPS program. You can join him by going to amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Gigi. Thanks, Neil. Yes. I just want to say thanks, Neil. Yeah, well, I really appreciate it. Let's go to Gigi in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Good evening, everyone. My reason for calling this evening, and I hope my fellow listeners across the country would concur with my opinion that I'm expressing. I grow more and more frustrated as the weeks have been progressing regarding news I hear, listen to, read, all of the above as it pertains to state legislatures and local school boards and governors across the country in various states making decisions that take away civil liberties, individual freedoms, personal choices of what is deemed as entertainment, how one can entertain, how a parent can take his or her minor child to a physician of choice for various treatments, women seeking medical medications for abortions, on and on and on, and I feel as if any minute We are going to see a repeat of the books being burned with the police standing by and doing nothing like we saw throughout Germany and Austria. Mm. And I hope my fellow listeners will understand what 
I'm trying to convey. Well, the crazy thing is you've got on both sides. I mean, I I can kind of tell what issues you're referring to. I think you're talking about drag shows uh, in conservative states potentially being restricted. I think you were talking about uh, people in their medical choices, perhaps trans uh, people, etc. And uh, but the thing is, the the book burnings are going on on both sides. And also books being available in public school libraries. You know, my my husband came home tonight and he said, Gigi, I read something on Facebook and there's truth to it. Somebody said on Facebook, boy, all the books are being banned. Soon they're going to ban the Bible. There's murder. There's adultery. Mm -hmm. There's bribery. All kinds of goodies in the Bible. What were you going to say there, Jay? So not only are these books like, you know, um, being... um uh, banned well books but also books are being promoted to third graders and second graders Good point. yes about, sir you are um, correct you know the and 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 what it does is to prepubescent children when you start you know recommending and you put on display in the in the in the um you know k through fourth grade library at the school you know like the book um uh, i forget the titles but like gender queer is one of them uh, I've never read it. I've only heard stuff about it. But basically books that uh, would be you would get banned from YouTube for 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 reading these books on YouTube. There's a thing where a six year old or an eight year old reads this book that was recommended in a library. And it's about all kinds of, you know, sexual stuff. Well, when you start pushing that kind of uh, agenda to prepubescent children, it really confuses them there. And and I believe it's purposeful to sort of, you know, um, destroy culture and confuse. And also when the parents go to push back about that, the kids are like, oh, no, the school said this is good. It's also part of an agenda to put a wedge between the parents and the children. So the state becomes who's looked at. The state becomes the federal family. I don't feel comfortable with the state intervening and dictating to any parent, whether the parent is gay or straight or bi. I also think uh, there's a bigger picture here. Okay, yeah, these books are bad. Right, and uh, they're trying to get rid of other books that are important. Let's say, but the bigger picture here is: don't send your kid to the, the public school, school yeah, prisons. That's yeah, that's the best solution. And Rather than fighting with other parents, because ultimately, what we're talking about here is opinions. Yeah, they're uh, gonna do it. They're gonna do it you know, no matter what. You can't ban them from doing it. I don't want to ban them from doing it. If anything, they're just gonna not breed themselves into existence thank god yeah the way the things are going if if you love your kids keep them out of schools because what's going to happen i would like to make a follow-up point please permit me and it's in response to a comment one of the hosts said just moments earlier regarding legalizing various substances okay as someone who has a legal background i feel it is as equally important to not only legalize but decriminalize as well i don't i don't like using the word illegalize very important issue i don't like using the word legalize legalization implies permission it also implies regulations yeah well that's why i feel decriminalization is the key yeah i agree with you there there's always been this debate and thank you Gigi, for the call tonight there's always been this debate in the drug freedom community for lack of a better term yeah. uh over well what does decrim mean what does legalize mean and then they debate over which one should be promoted and we compare uh, for the schools with this 
And I, I, uh, I tend to lean on the side of decriminalization, but going all the way. And our co-host, nobody okay. said the, the, the good word for that would be to depenalize. So yes. you would eliminate all penalty, all criminal penalty for possession, manufacturing, distribution, sales, you know, you name it, anything regarding drugs to depenalize. And interestingly, in New Hampshire this year, there's actually been two marijuana bills that have passed the state house one of them is like the official bill with the support from the house majority and the house minority leaders and it's got taxation and it's got right. uh, regulations and it's the control bill right yeah but amazingly the state house also passed a different bill and i don't remember the control bills number but the different one i 577. think 577 is it okay the, the better one is i believe hb 360 and in the HB 360, it isn't perfect, but it's way better than the other one because it has no taxes, it has no controls, it allows home grow. It mm-hmm. basically strikes marijuana prohibition for anyone who's 21 and over. Uh, it's, I would still like to see that for under 21s as well. But you know, at least as far as people over 21, they'd be able to. In my reading of it, they'd be able to grow it, they'd be able to hold it, they'd be able to you know smoke it or transport it or whatever, and maybe even sell it. Uh, if this bill were to actually go through. And the House passed that one as well. So it's actually two completely different. One is like full decriminalization, which is what I'd rather see. And the other one is legalization, which has taxes and it has regulations. So that's the difference. Everybody's basically ignoring it anyways. Pretty much every time I've gone to Manchester, whether it's, you know, I had to go to the mall to go do something a while Mm -hmm. ago, or I I went to Home Depot, Lowe's. Uh, smelling marijuana. Yeah, just like everywhere. I'm just smelling weed everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like but it's one thing everywhere. to ignore someone smoking weed, and it's another thing to ignore them selling it out of a storefront. And right, right. I suspect that if you opened up a storefront on Elm Street in Manchester selling weed, which is, by the way, what the uh, some of the activists in Canada did. Uh, Mark Emery, the Prince of Pot. Yep. Uh, Dana Larson up there as well. He's actually just recently opened up Mar- or, uh, he's opened up Mushroom LSD DMT store, uh, a store in Vancouver <laughs> nice. and is openly selling psychedelics now because that's what it took to make marijuana legalization happen. They had I, to open up storefronts illegally. Ironically, sell, sell he didn't get raided by the Canadian government. He got raided by the United States DMT. You're talking, about, you're talking about Mark Emery? Yeah. Yeah. He in got Canada? raided by D- in Well, they Canada. didn't raid him. And they no, arrested they... him, and then they, they handed him over. The, oh. the Canadian Mounties, uh, I believe, arrested Mark Emery, and then they uh, took him across the border. That's because he was sneaking seeds in his magazine. And he, uh, no, he had a yeah. mail order service. It, you, no, it no. wasn't in the magazine. Yeah, he put it in the Cannabis Culture magazine, and they were saying that he was responsible for something like like $5 billion worth of cannabis being sold in California. I don't think he was just giving away seeds in the magazine. Yes, he, he was. doing a, no, a yeah. service where he sold seeds on the internet. You could specifically order, you know, Bo Kush or, you know, AK-47 he or whatever He may have been seeds. doing that, but he was yeah. giving them away okay. in I, the well, magazine wouldn't folds. surprise me if, that, if he was doing that, but he had an actual business where he was selling. Speaking yeah. of yeah. drug addicts and homeless people. He went to prison for five years in the U.S. Right. right. I, I wonder how many percent of the homeless people that are drug addicts or just homeless people in general uh, went to public school versus were homeschooled mm-hmm. or private schooled. That's a good question. Yeah. Let's continue here. We got Major Payne on the line in Michigan. You're on uh, Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Major. Well, I would reckon most of them were dropouts of one sort or another from life, school, or just the world. Okay. What's on your mind but, tonight? Uh, well, 
let's see. Uh, you talking about the the bill going into your house there for the, your you be able to grow and possess and whatnot? Yeah, that's pretty much how Michigan got started about ten years ago. But they had stipulations. You had to build you a fancy greenhouse and uh-huh. wrap it with chicken wire or glass or something that you know no dummy could just reach in and snatch some pot. Right. And you know had, that's the thing. If it's legal, them. if it's if you can just grow it in your backyard, no one's going to be running in and stealing your plants because they can just grow their own in their backyard. It doesn't matter anymore. It's there's going to be a ton of it. Well, there's always the neighborhood kid, and I think that's what they're worried about. I know a bunch of people in Massachusetts that are like, ah. Oh, the uh, the guys were doing tree work in the bucket truck, uh, you know, next to my house, and it was uh, Asplin, big tree company, mm-hmm. and the guys were up there working, and uh, <clears throat> he comes home at like one o'clock in the morning. This dude works second shift, and basically all his plants were just cut, and there was no oh, way man. you could see him, but you could definitely see him from the bucket truck, you know, because he had like a like a eight foot picket fence all around his like mm-hmm. whatever dozen plants or whatever. And oh, uh, it, he thinks the tree crew came oh, yeah. in. To, oh, yep. damn. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, that dude, sucks. I'm telling you, if some neighborhood kids spot your plants, I remember doing this when I was a kid. I mean, like 40, 50 years ago, me and a couple mm-hmm. of my scaly buddies, one of them spotted a couple of big plants growing behind some fraternity house. And of course, we went and banged them about, you know, mid September. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's. It's easy, when it's easy pickings, it's easy pickings. The more the people that are growing you right, the less theft there's going to be. Yeah. But you were only you were only able to possess a small amount. They made it you know kind of difficult. I mean, you couldn't grow like ten pounds and have it all in a bucket. You had to kind right. of cycle it right. and age it for three months. So you only got this much that's ready to smoke <laughs> at this point, right? Yep. I think it was three four ounces or whatever. But uh, as far as the homeless thing and the government welfare checks and whatnot. They eliminated the drunk check here back, I think, like 30 years ago in Michigan. Drunk check? The drunk check, yeah, where you, if you were just a drunk, you could get SSI. Oh, as, as okay. You have to do, you know, prove some other physical ailment, you know. And, and it took longer to get the, the drug addicts off the rolls and whatnot. But, of course, if you were a single mother, they uh, you, you got no problem staying on the welfare because they want you controlled and the children yes, controlled by the welfare state. Yeah, there's really no right. incentive uh, for like a, 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 a single mom to go get herself, you know, a man because now she goes and gets herself a man. Now she's, she's off the check. Now she's uh, she's off the check. She's got to like maybe cook for him, mm. you know, pick up his underwear, you know, whatever. She's got to like, you know, do do these things and and. If you just stay single, you can go just get on Tinder, go pick the guy you want because mm. you know basically any guy on Tinder will basically bang anything. Uh, from from That's not true. From what the data is telling us, like ninety percent of the no, dudes will bang no, anything. No, ninety percent. Uh, you're in the top five, Joe. So I'm not worried about you. You can be fussy. Thank, thank you, but, Jay. You hear that, ladies? You hear that? <laughs> but but the reality is, you know, if 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 you're just gonna stay single. Um, and the state's just going to keep on giving you money and you don't need to deal with no man. You don't need to, you know, uh, have dinner ready for him or nothing. And, and it's, um, yeah, it's a major. And the thing is, is I know people who are literally fifth generation welfare recipients. Yeah. Like they, you know, great yeah. grandpa, oh, yeah, great, yeah. great grandpa started collecting disability. Man, yep. And now I, I, I know a family where um, one of the boys broke away from it, but mm. uh, the two daughters, um, and then another son, they're all, 
they're they're basically junkies. I grew up with these guys. You know, they, they lived on the other side of the mountain from me. Actually, the one boy who's like he's he's real good dude. Um, is he like an entrepreneur? Is he kind of making is. things he, work? He works. He, he has a tree company. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually him. he actually lives like two towns oh, from here in New Hampshire. Plants. What's that, Major? I said, I hope he didn't get your plant. <laughs> no, 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 no. But good, good one on that. But anyways, not those his, kind of trees. No, his uh, his sister at like. 22 years old was her first attempt to getting on SSI. And the older sister was like 26 when she got it. And they were kind of bragging to each other about how the 22 year olds like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get on SSI. I got, I got this lawyer working for me. And so basically, you know how they say any decent attorney could indict a ham sandwich? Well, any decent social worker could get a ham sandwich on SSI. You go and you go and look at like the best SSI lawyers out there. Gene Sheehan. Oh yeah, and and, oh. and 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 even like uh, that Mike Gill thing we were talking about last week. They uh, point out Gene Sheehan is part of the uh, New Hampshire drug cartel. Absolutely, so, the former governor of New Hampshire, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and she's got a law firm. You know, her husband's an attorney, and yeah. you know they they're part of setting up these you know New Hampshire trusts to to launder money and all, all kinds of stuff. These guys. I believe are, they represented uh, Melanie when she uh, snitched on. Free Talk Live Local during figure. The, the Crypto Six trial. Yeah, well, they definitely are looking for that type wow. of people, that yeah. type of culture. You know, the, I'm the not going to lie, lazy American. I, I was thinking about hiring her, hiring her to sue Don Bulldog, just because, like, it would make sense, right? Oh, Shaheen, yeah. There's plenty of other lawyers. It, I know, out but there. a Democrat going after Republican would be kind of funny. There's a lot of Democrat lawyers, I know, but- though. But, I just thought about it in my head yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> but, but that like, makes perfect sense of this whole cycle of things is you have a law firm that you know th- is being accused by Mike Gill and, and, and Brendan O'Connell uh, of laundering money for you know the, and, and the fentanyl as part of the New Hampshire drug cartel. And then on the other end, you've got this law firm is getting people on SSI. Like mm. there's whole law firms. That's all they that's do. Crazy. they got hundreds of you know lawyers working on getting people on Social Security. So this girl at 24 got on Social Security. She's the same exact age as me. And the last time I saw her was about... Now she's yeah, the same age. Yeah, well, yeah, we're the same age. We yeah. were born like... She's like two yeah. weeks older than me, actually. And, but you're not uh, 24 now. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm, four, I'm 43. Okay. She's 43. <laughs> uh, last time I saw her was about 10 years ago. Still and, on welfare? Uh, and, and like had no teeth in her mouth. Oh. Just, just totally like... I didn't even recognize her and, until she told me her name. <clears throat> and I was like, what happened? Whoa. And then I'm like... I talked to her brother. I'm like, dude, I just saw your sister. And he's like, I can't believe she's still alive. She's just straight up junkie. And she Man, looked like it. And it. And uh, it, it was very sad. How many kids she got? She's got two. No. Uh, um, like the dad's not in the picture. Illegitimate deal. Uh, like one of her, um, <clears throat> one of her uh, uh, relatives. Uh, actually, she has another sister that's like a straight, straight edge. I forgot about her. Mm. She's she she's a good girl. She took one of the kids, and then uh, the the straight brother took the other kid. Um, and and the kids are actually doing pretty darn good. They're good. The, the one kid's in his twenties. Man, and, you would um, think that the way kids are growing up in a welfare household would make you want to get out of that, but mm-hmm. it's just so you know. It well, just, she got addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. and so that was and and so the thing is, is well, plus she, the parents teach you the ways, right? Like, yeah, well, I, this is how you right, can live. Yep, yep, it's yep, easy exactly. to just blame it on the parents, but I think that a lot of people are being targeted. 
like they know something or their family is like sort of a defiant family in the past and like let's destroy their family we can't just kill them off we're gonna get them addicted to drugs and welfare and and then that's how we're gonna completely destroy the family element poor poor people in general are just being targeted for this and mm-hmm. when you keep subsidizing poor people you'll get, get more, more poor people it's just really the bottom yeah, line we got to stop with that yeah we need the fun poor people major any other comments <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you guys are going to be awful depressing. So instead of telling you what I was going to tell you about Trump, I'm just going to end this with a joke. All right. How? What is the quickest best way to get an aspiring musician off your front porch? I don't know. Pay him for the pizza. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And as though she was summoned... We were talking about welfare. Sarah is on the line oh, in New Mexico. The res, our resident welfare expert. She knows the system in and out. She's been on uh, disability for her quote unquote bipolar since forever. Uh, so, well, what do you have to thank add you for here calling, Sarah? Go to ahead. this conversation, hey, Sarah. I got three people enrolled under me. That means I'm are they doing that in welfare now? They got like network marketing where you sign people up and they th- sign up no, three no, and I, they sign up three. Wait a minute! I only get uh, free product dollars, seven percent. Oh, you're talking that's about all. your your company. She's got so, this company. Oh, so Sarah, I got a question. So this is a multi level marketing thing. It is, yeah. <clears throat> so if you got paid in actual dollars, they would kick you off a of disability, right? So this is why they got to give you I, like. I, 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 I don't know. The thing is that it'll it will go against me. I don't know if they're gonna count uh, free product dollars against my SSI check. I That's the reason so. you're getting the free product is because if you actually got money, then you'd lose the check. Yeah, if you started getting a check for twenty five hundred dollars a month, would they would you lose all your benefits? I, I, I think if I make more than a hundred dollars per month, it will for every two dollars I make, they would take away a dollar. Wow. That's how they penalize. Sarah, if, I, if I was making a hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. Sarah, have I you ever heard of have you heard of uh, cryptocurrency? You ever try using that? Because like, I don't think the government's going to be like looking at that, right? Like, you could just you could well, do you know cryptocurrency. What? You, guys are, you guys are all going to tank, and everybody's involved with it are going to jail. Who? So I, I you're not going to involve. Uh, you know what? We have one. Is that what you think about those? cryptocurrency? Everyone involved Sarah, is going to jail. Billions of people are involved with it. Well, you know what? There, there was a, a that's what the government wants wants people like Sarah to think. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. you actually believe that, Sarah? Of course. Okay. She wanted five thousand dollars, and then maybe a thousand dollars just so that she could co- he could come and meet her. And what? then, and then she sent two uh, pictures that were different faces. They had a really, wait a minute. Really I thought we were talking about cryptocurrency. What she's are you talking about? To? A scam? Well, where the, where the well, old yeah, lady? She was with cryptocurrency, gold gold mining, or mining and um, uh, Bitcoin and all that, and she wanted five thousand dollars from Richard. So, have you ever, Sarah? Let me ask you this: Ignore the the crypto part of it and the Bitcoin. Have you ever been like? Has anyone attempted to scam you not using crypto? Well, you know what? She never. We never. You didn't answer. uh, Wait, 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 wait. wait. That's not what I. Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, have you ever well, actually, has anyone ever attempted to scam you, Sarah, not using crypto? Well, yeah, yeah, they, they oh, they have. That. Oh, they oh, so it. why is it? Why is it, why are you picking on crypto? Do you use U.S. dollars at all? Well, you guys are all going to court. They're are you using deal. U.S. I mean, dollars at all? God, she can't. She, can't she have a will not answer a question. This, this like a, woman wall, talking to a wall. Sarah, have you ever used U.S. dollars? 
Yes, I have. But you've you've I been you scammed. You've been scammed into thinking that's <laughs> the only way. And you're funding well, war I mean, by I using mean, those I mean, dollars. She doesn't care about war. She's a communist. She wants to kill people. She does? Yeah. Sarah, loves, you want to kill people? She loves killers like, uh, you know, uh, Stalin and Chairman Mao. And Biden and Obama. And Putin. It, it, you know what's funny is like I was using um, uh, MidJourney to do artificial intelligence yeah. uh, art requests. It won't let me do Hitler. And I'm trying to like, not yeah, because so I like stupid, Hitler. stupid, isn't it? But it allows me to do Mao. He killed way How more people. Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's some stupid restrictions on uh, Mid Journey, and that's my one of my complaints with Mid Journey. I, I like Mid Journey, and I yeah. actually do uh, spend ten bucks a month to support. There's what tricks they around do. it, though. How do you get them to put Hitler on there? With Download it? Hitler's face, uh-huh. crop it out, yeah, and then you put it into the Discord chat, open it up, copy the web browser link, and then use that into your slash imagine. URL link, uh-huh. and then it goes, make them buff, whatever. And really? You can do that now? I thought, yes. Okay, I didn't know that they... It's, it doesn't know it's Hitler. It's just that you're using the word Hitler, which is the word's banned. Mm-hmm. So you can do it. You just need to upload the image yourself. Yeah, I uh, I That's wanted to make something that would have not been friendly to Hitler, and it wouldn't even... Did, you know, like, you can't you get, do you Trump. You can't use the word. You so can't really? do Trump. Really? You have to upload his fit picture to do it. So anyways, back to uh, Sarah spewing a little truth, and she did answer my question. You know, mm-hmm. I asked her if she made $2,500 a month, would she lose her her benefits? And she's like, yeah, basically it sounds like she would lose 1250 bucks a month if she was earning 2500 a month. Mm-hmm. So yep. very much the incentive is, is not to even go out and earn money right. because now you're – so if I earn $2, I'm going to earn a dollar. I'm going to lose a dollar. So, um, you know, there's very much an incentive to yeah. just not take care of yourself. You heard it right there. You heard it live. Out of time for tonight. Check out Joa on Breaking the Flaw. That's his channel on Odyssey Thanks and YouTube you. as well. And we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, you can join us at freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.